Let's do that hockey. All right, welcome to Dauber Prospects Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Harling, and today's show is going to be an, an expansion draft episode. We're going to talk all about what the Seattle expansion might look like when it rolls around next summer in the summer of 2021. And this little activity has been inspired by a great uh, series of articles that were posted on the Dauber Hockey site by my guest Alex McLean. He writes the Capped series for Dauber. It's a fantastic must-read series, especially if you're in a capped uh, fantasy league like the ones I talk about. Uh, So Alex did a pretty great series, uh, East-West, and then an overall selection for how he sees uh, the potential today, as everything stands today, for the Seattle draft to go down. And Alex has been good enough to come on and kind of run through the exercise with me on the show so welcome to the show alex mcclain thanks for having me peter happy to have a little hockey to talk about and yeah should be fun to go through and kind of bounce some ideas off each other and see where things are at yeah yeah this might be um on the longer uh side of shows because we're each going to go through and announce who our protected players are from each team and then off each other's lists. So I'll pick from the players that Alex left available, and he'll pick from the players that that I've left available for each team. And we'll pick our own uh, expansion teams and then perhaps compare notes at the end. So I hope you got a drink, Alex, because this could be an hour or so. I'm going to have a white claw myself. Might have gotta a st- beer. <laughs> <laughs> got to stay hydrated. That's what the coach says. Um, okay, so a couple of things that are interesting about this. The biggest challenge I had with the concept of this is uh, players that are unrestricted free agents this summer are obviously going to sign and be on either a new contract with the same team or a different team, but their cap hit's going to be different in both AAV and term, and that is going to have a profound impact on their appeal, if they're protected or not, uh, what team they're on, and that'll have a fallout effect too. So if player A bails on his team as an unrestricted free agent and signs somewhere else that's going to totally screw up our lists um so we're working with the best information we have today and then of course you've got players who are set to be unrestricted free agents in the summer of 2021 and they're unlikely to be either protected in the expansion draft or selected in the expansion draft because I believe the expansion draft, if it follows suit with Vegas, which this is supposed to do, it'll happen like what, a couple of weeks before free agency starts. Uh, So why would Vegas sign a, select a player, sorry, why would Seattle select a player in the expansion draft just to have him sign as an unrestricted free agent somewhere else a few weeks later and, and never even make it to the city, let alone play a game. Uh, So that's basically how this episode is going to shake out. Uh, we should start with our protected lists. Alex, are you uh, ready to go? I'm ready when you are. All right. So we're going to go ahead and get this fired up. And let's start with Anaheim. And I will let you decide who you want to protect first. And then I'll go through and I'll add some, uh, my selections. Sure. So... Anaheim, I had uh, first pick Ryan Getzlaff. 
I figured even though he's a uh, unrestricted free agent in 2021, I think he's been a core part of Anaheim for a long time, and I think they're going to want to protect him and try and keep him. It wouldn't surprise me if he's re-signed before the expansion draft. So I have Getzlaff, Adam Henrique, Jack Silverberg, Ricard Raquel, Danton Heinen, Troy Terry, and Sam Steele. So right out of the gate, your first player you're protecting is a player who's an unrestricted free agent right before the draft. All right, that's interesting. Now, there's... A, a level of dynamic, and we just talked about this before I hit start record, that and let's use Ryan Getzlaff as an example. So let's say that uh, Anaheim has his rights, so they're able to have conversations with him without any sort of collusion or anything. So they could say to him, hey, Ryan, we think you still got some tread on the tire, and we're going to make you an offer. We want to sign you. Are you interested in, in playing out your entire career in Anaheim? Do you want to stay? And if he says, yeah, I'd love to stay then they can either protect him from the expansion draft and hold on to him and hope that he signs, or they can say, okay, cool, we're going we're gonna to expose you in the draft. And if Seattle takes you, that's fine. You'll never play a game there. We'll sign you as a free agent a few weeks later. That'll allow us to protect an extra player. Um, I'm really curious to see how that kind of stuff shakes out. Um, I don't remember... I think that happened a little bit with the with the Vegas draft. I think there were some players that were UFAs that might have ended up signing back with their original team that weren't protected in the draft. I can't think of a specific example, but I'm going to, in this case, if I'm Anaheim, I'm not sure if I do want to re-sign him for another contract after this one, so I'm going to leave him exposed and hope that he's got some tread on the tire uh, and hope that he wants to sign back as a free agent, and I'm going to use that availability on another player so i would protect adam henry jacob silverberg ricard raquel troy terry up front and anaheim's got a deep blue line again for this expansion draft so they're going to protect 4d we're going fowler lindholm manson and jacob larson and the goalie i would protect for anaheim is josh gibson did i miss anyone uh, i think other than calling john gibson josh gibson that was uh Nice. Just to finish off my picks, my defense would end up being Camp Fowler, Hampus Lindholm, and Josh Manson with John Gibson in net. Kind of figuring that uh, Anaheim made a trade to end up losing Shea Theodore anyway, so this time they're just going to make their protections, and if they have to lose a defenseman, so be it. Right. I don't think we can predict trades for for this act activity there's just is who knows about that, right? right um okay so let's move on to arizona they have to protect phil kessel he's got a no move clause so he's one right off the top mm-hmm. uh i have them with three defensemen uh so that means the forwards that they're protecting besides kessel would be nick schmaltz christian dvorak um taylor hall now, this one's tricky right because he's an unrestricted free agent right now and who knows if he's interested in signing there or if they're interested in, in committing the kind of cap that he's going to ask for. But I'm going to assume that given the assets that they gave up for the rental, they're going to at least make him a competitive offer. And who knows where he chooses to sign or what other kind of offers. But we work with what we know. So he's an elite player. So they protect him. Uh, Lawson Krause, Clayton Keller and Connor Garland wraps up the forward group for me. 
another no move clause is on the blue line with OEL. So got to protect him. Got to protect Jacob Chikrin. And finally, Kyle Capobianco on defense. And Antti Rant is a UFA in 21. Uh, they get one more season out of Darcy Kemper if they protect him. So he's the protected goalie I have. Who's your Coyote protection list, Alex? I had the exact same set. Uh, similar thinking with the UFA and Taylor Hall that I think for this exercise at this point in time, we kind of just have to assume that the UFAs are staying with their current teams. I know the articles that I put out, I kind of made a few different assumptions with that, but uh, putting them all together and actually putting together a protected list, I think it kind of makes it more complete and a little bit uh, easier to manage to keep them on the same teams. So I had Hall protected as well and yeah, same and same picks in the end. Right. And so some of the big names you might be thinking about, whoa, like how could you leave someone like Derek Stepan off? Because he's an unrestricted free agent in 2021. Um, Cap Friendly has a super amazing tool for this exercise that you can play along with at home. It's under, what's under tools or fantasy tools or something like that. But at the top, there's a Seattle expansion draft calculator or whatever it's called. It's amazing. Um, okay. So did, sorry, did you do your, your D and goalies for Arizona too right there? Yeah, they're all the same. All the same? All right. Uh, So why don't you lead off with the Bruins then? Okay. For the Bruins, we have another 2021 UFA in David Krejci that uh, starts off the picks. I'm assuming he gets re-signed as well. Uh, Followed up with Patrice Bergeron, David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, Charlie Coyle, Trent Frederick, and Jake DeBrusque on forward which means we have three defense to protect in Tory Krug, assuming he gets re-signed, which seems possible now that David Backus has been traded, uh, Charlie McAvoy and Brandon Carlo, and then Tuka Rask in net. Although that uh, just reminded me that I'd read something somewhere that uh, Tuka Rask was saying he might consider retiring after his current contract expires so that would be something to watch well i have the exact same selection list uh, bergeron marsh and coil are all no moves so mm-hmm. they're locked in have to be protected mm-hmm. um it was difficult leaving nick ritchie exposed uh i didn't didn't like doing that there's a couple other good players on there too Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even if you say, okay, Rask is, it tells the team I'm, I'm retiring after this. I'm, I'm going home. I've made my money. You go ahead and you protect someone else. It's unlikely that I would select any of the other options in an expansion draft from Boston. So I don't think it, it was, I don't think it's going to be very impactful to you no. if he plays, if he comes no. back or not. Right. Okay. Uh, so the Buffalo Sabres, uh, let's see, they've got a no move clause with Jeff Skinner. And obviously they protect Jack Eichel. Um, they go with 3D on my list. So the remaining forwards that I have to select, I go with Sam Reinhart, Dominic Kuhn, Casey Middlestat, Rasmus Asplund, and Victor Olofsson are all the guys I go with on forward from Buffalo. And of course, Rasmus Dahlin. Henry Yokoharu and uh, Rasmus Ristolainen are the three D I choose. A couple guys there I had you have to expose, but they've got a pretty good depth of forwards that um, I felt that was the way I had to go. And then in goal, mm, 
Linus Allmark, I guess, by default. <laughs> <laughs> did you go with the same number, the same equation with Buffalo, or did you go with 4D? I had the same setup, though with Buffalo, I could see them going with 4D to try and protect either Brandon Montour and Col- or Colin Miller and deciding they can uh, more easily lose a forward. Um, I ended up keeping Jimmy BC instead of your Rasmus Asplund selection. Just personal preference there and figured he's at least a little bit more proven as Asplund might have a higher upside, but who knows with uh, that at this point. So that was yeah. the only difference there. Good. Well, I'm glad we have varying lists. And I hope that if I miss someone that you kind of call me out on, it's like, how can you not protect that guy? Uh, good, good. All right. So lead off with uh, with Calgary. They had some, they have some tough choices. They did. And uh, I think there was no team that led to more discussion uh, from my feature series than this one and uh i'll go through why right now so there's milan lucic with the no movement clause that you have to protect and then on top of that you have the obvious set on forward with matthew Tuchuk, johnny gaudreau sean monahan and elias lindholm and at that point you have to protect seven forwards 3d you can't do the four and four equation so finishing off the forwards at that point, you might as well protect Michael Backlund and Sam Bennett. From there, with three defense to protect, it seems that Mark Giordano, Noah Hannafin, and Rasmus Anderson would be the top three options. Uh, this leaves Yusuf Alamaki open, and there's not really much they can do about it. There were a lot of people unhappy with me leaving him uh available for selection in the article features I did, but that's how it goes. And David Riddich as the goaltender protected. Right. I mean, it's hard to leave Valimaki exposed, but to do that, you've got to leave one of Kachuk, Goudreau, Monaghan, or Lindholm exposed. Or And I I mean, as much as I like Valimaki, I mean, those guys are far more important um but i just can't see that going any other way and so then by default you get a couple more picks on forward to protect as well Mm -hmm. but if like if my choices were between valimaki and sam bennett oh sorry sam i mean i I like sam bennett a lot he played in kingston but (laughs) you know come on business is business uh so our lists there your defensemen were sorry who are your 3d again mark giordano noah hannafin and rasmus anderson right so you could go with uh, Valimaki instead of Anderson, or wh- however you want to slice it. You're, either way, you're going to expose a really good um, defenseman. So our lists are pretty similar. Um, I think uh, I think this would be the first instance of Pete. I think you made a mistake here because I protected all the same forwards: Kachuk, Goudreau, Monahan, uh, Lucic, because I have to. Uh, Elias Lindholm, Sam Bennett, and then I put in Andrew Mangiapan. I I thought he had a a really great, um, I guess it was his rookie season or sophomore season. I'm not sure if it was his first or second, but he shows a lot of potential and upside. And he's, you know, 24. That means I had to leave Michael Backlund exposed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Michael Backlund is, is a very solid established player. He is 31 though. Uh, he signed through 24 at, at over $5 million cap hit. Um, 
the salary cap, no matter how you like it or hate it, it definitely is a factor in, in this. And with Manji Japan coming in, and he's an RFA this summer, but he's certainly going to make less than $5 million bucks. Um, so he'll give you a little bit of cap flexibility in the meantime. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm overvaluing the young players as I tend to do. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that was my pick, so I, I'm going to stick with it. Um, we have the same defense, and, and I assume you took Riddich as well in goal? Yes. Right. Okay, so that takes us on to Carolina, and Carolina's got a no-move as well with Jordan Stahl, so like it or not, he's on the list. And they go with seven forwards for me too. Sebastian Ajo, Tebu Teravainen, Nito Niederreier, Vincent Trocek, all are um, signed past the expansion draft. Andrei Svechnikov is a no-brainer. That leaves me one more spot, and this one was a tough one, too, because there's a couple options here. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Ryan Dezingles in a UFA in 21, so uh, that kind of gave me an out there. Uh, Morgan Geeky, Warren Fogel, Jordan Martinuk, those are all, I think, pretty reasonable choices, but um, I went with a personal preference, and I like Warren Fogel. Again, played for Kingston Frontenac, so I'm a little biased there. My 3D I went with, um, this was hard too, cause they've got a, a pretty deep D as a lot of, um, established players and young players. Dougie Hamilton is an unrestricted free agent in 2021. So this one might be an interesting bit of conversation. Uh, he's kind of bounced around a little bit in the league that this is at least 13 now. He's only 26. He had a monster season before we blew his knee out. Um, but because he's an unrestricted free agent, I decided to leave him out. If he wants to stay in, in Carolina, I think they can leave him exposed and just sign him. Uh, so that gave me three options, three other players to select. So I went Slavin, Brett Pesch, and Jake Bean. I think all those guys are, are very valuable defensemen. And then the goalie I went with was Alex Nedeljkovic because both Reimer and Mrazek are UFAs in 21. What about you, Alex? That uh, was pretty similar to mine. I had, in my written series not too long ago, I had actually predicted uh, four defensemen with Hamilton, Slavin, Brady Shea, and Brett Pesci. But, uh, and that was generally on the basis that Carolina had paid a first for Brady Shea while they only paid uh, a roster player, and I think it was a second-round pick for Vincent Trocek. So I ended up leaving Trocek exposed, and I've changed that here. So I ended up going with the same forward group as you, the same seven. So Aho, Stahl, Teravainen, Niederreier, Trocek, Svechnikov, and Warren Fogel. I did not leave Dougie Hamilton exposed. I figured they would like to extend him as much as possible, and I don't think they would want him testing the market so i figure he gets re-signed ahead of time and then right. jacob slavin and brett pesci on top of that so leaving brady shea and jake being your selection uh exposed i can definitely get why you picked uh, jake bean he's got some great upside and is he's really young so there's a lot to like there yeah just doesn't end up fitting in if you do end up protecting dougie, dougie hamilton and then I had Alex Nedeljkovic as the goaltender as well. Yeah, there's a couple teams that are tough choices because, you know, it's like, man, I, I, I can't leave this player available or because I want to protect an extra position here, that means I got to expose someone there. Or then, you know, the flip side, 
It's like, oh, I got an extra pick. Who could I protect? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Some teams aren't as deep. Okay, so lead us off with the Hawks, Alex. Okay. Well, the Hawks kind of make it easy with a few no-movement clauses. So there's right. Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane right off the bat. And I just am not a fan of a lot of the Blackhawks forwards. So I ended up only protecting four forwards. Uh, in addition to Taze and Kane, I have Dylan Strome and Alex Debrinkit. And then protecting four defensemen, Brett, C- Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith have to be protected with their new movement clauses. And then in addition to them, I had Olimata and Connor Murphy with Colin D'Elia or Malcolm Subban, kind of a coin flip in that. I think I ended up writing down Malcolm Subban, but based on the contract, maybe it's Colin D'Elia. Who knows? Um, Mm, That's interesting. I like what you're thinking there because I'm kind of the same way. They've got some, they got some forwards, but I mean, you know, if you think you're going to lose one, does it matter if it's this one or that one? So, yeah. Um, it, it covering the extra defenseman kind of makes a little bit of sense um, because they have a couple of D. You you protected uh, Seabrook and Keith because you had to, and then you went with Mata and Murphy. But you've got Lucas Carlson and Slater Cuckoo in there as well that mm-hmm. um, that I think are relevant in conversation for protecting or or picking the expansion draft. I went the other way. I did seven forwards and three D though, so. Taves and Kane, of course. Um, Strom, Debrinkit, Nylander, David Kampf, and Dylan Sakura. Um, jury's still out on Dylan Sakura. He's been a prolific scorer at college and at the AHL, and he's done diddly squat in the NHL so far. Trust me, I know. I own him in my league. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping that he's going to figure it out. He's only 24 years old, so it's kind of now or never for him. Yeah. Um, so so by the time this expansion draft rolls around, he'll be a restricted free agent before the draft. He'll have either made the NHL or not. I'm going to bet on Sakura that he's able to figure it out. And I think Chicago's going to give him the opportunity based on the direction that that franchise is going. So that meant that I had to expose an extra defenseman than you. Uh, and Connor Murphy drew the short straw. He's two years older. Um, that's basically what it came down to. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, I don't think the goaltending situation really matters there. Corey Crawford's 35 and he's in a UFA this summer. Um, they'll probably sign someone from outside the organization and maybe renew him for a short-term contract. Um, so whatever. I just made Malcolm Subban my pick too. So that moves us on to the Colorado Avalanche and another team with difficult decisions. I went with 4D here. So that only allowed me to protect four forwards from a team that's got a bunch so of course mckinnon ranthanen landeskog and getting the final chair for the musical chairs at forwards was nazim kadri that means i left a bunch of guys out uh burkovsky donskoy um tyson jost vaslav kamenev um some pretty some pretty tempting options there but they have a no-move clause with Eric Johnson, so he's on the list. That takes up one. Kel McCarr, no-brainer. Uh, so there's two. And I think Ryan Graves at 24 years old and Sam Gerrard at 21 are just too young and too good to risk losing in an expansion draft. I'd rather lose one of the forwards that I mentioned than either one of those defensemen. So that made up my list. 
In goal, Philip Grubauer is a UFA in 2021. He's only 28, so he'll still have some tread on the tire likely by the time this draft comes around. But I figure, hey, he's not really that that great. He's not Patrick Waugh. So I would just say, hey, if you get picked, we're still going to make you an offer. Um, and that would allow me to protect Pavel Francouz. How's your uh, list for Colorado look, dude? I had the same skater picks for generally the same reason. I think I'd rather lose a forward like Andre Burakovsky or Jonas Donskoy than Ryan Graves, who probably would have been my fourth forward, fourth defenseman on the list. Uh, so I had the same eight protected there. I had Philip Grubauer protected rather than Pavel Francouz, just because they're about the same age and one of them's proven in the NHL, the other one's played as two-thirds of the season as a backup, uh, albeit he did do very well this year. Mm-hmm. So similar trains of thoughts there, just different execution with the goalie. Right, right. And there's still some some D that are exposed here. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Nikita Zidorov. Hello, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mr. Big Russian Hit Machine. Josh Anderson. So, you know, there's still some some options there as well. Um, okay, so Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, walk me through how your decision for, for this protection list looks like. This is kind of a tough one because there's a lot of middle-of-the-ground, middle-of-the-road players that just make the decisions a little tougher. So there's also Nick Felino, who's an unrestricted free agent in 2021, and he probably doesn't need protecting, but I ended up putting him on my list anyway, just because he's been a big part of the team. I think he's their captain. I'd have to yeah, that. I think you're right. So for that reason, kind of made me think he's worth the slot anyway. Uh, in addition, I had Gustav Nyquist, Cam Atkinson, Boone Jenner, Oliver Bjorkstrand, uh, Josh, Anderson, Josh Anderson, and Pierre-Luc Dubois. And on defense... Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski are the obvious two. And then after that, there's a few contracts that are up and a few different options. I ended up putting down Marcus Nudabara, partially due to age contract situation and just the fact he was, I think, on their second pairing this season anyways. I could be convinced to go another direction. And in that, I had Jonas Corpusalo. All right, so we went with the same formula. I have the exact same forwards. Atkinson, Nyquist, Wenberg, Jenner, Bjorkstrom, Josh Anderson, and Pierre-Luc Dubois. On defense, again, obviously, Jones Wierenski, no-brainers. Um, yeah, so Ryan Murphy, David Savard, Marcus Nudevera, Vladislav Gavrikov, Gabriel Carlson. You got a, a handful of options there. You're mm-hmm. going to lose one of them. I decided to protect Gabriel Carlson, the first-round pick, 23 Um I think he's just got a little bit more upside long-term than some of the other options on that list. He might not be there now, but I think he's still got the potential. And Corpusalo, same goalie. Um, so the Dallas Stars, uh, they already have four, sorry, three forwards protected. Sagan, Ben, and Radulov with their no-move clauses. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with uh, seven forwards. So adding to those three would be Joe Pavelski, um, Radic Faxa, Denis Gurianov, and of course Rupe Hints, who was sensational in the season. Got to protect him. Um, so for me, that left uh, nothing really outstanding in the forward group. 
And protecting three defensemen, I like uh, Klingberg, Heiskanen, and Lindell. That leaves guys like Stephen Johns um, and some other guys. Uh, Johns. Yeah. In goal. And then he has, you know, his concussion issues kind of make him a bit of a wild card. So that's kind of. Yeah. Kept him off my list. Um, and Ben Bishop has a no move. So you have you don't have any choices in goal protection there, leaving Hadobin Point and Landon Bow exposed. Yeah. Um, did your list look the same for Dallas or did you have something a little different? Uh, my list looked the exact same, though I did really struggle with leaving Jason Dickinson off. He's uh, maybe yeah. not a favorite of mine, but somebody I do kind of keep my eye on and who I have thought is a little underrated for what he can bring to the table. Uh, so that was a little tough, but you got to make some tough choices, and that was one of them. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the Red Wings. Uh, you start. Okay. So, not that there's all that much here, but uh, Dylan Larkin and Anthony Mantha are the obvious ones. Going down from there, Tyler Bertuzzi, Tyro Hirose, Hiros, not sure actually how to pronounce that. You had it right the first time. Rosie? Great. Hirose, yeah. Okay. Robbie Fabry, uh, Michael Rasmussen, and Evgeny Svechnikov on forward. And then I had Philip Ronick, Dennis Chalowski, and Patrick Nemeth on defense with Jonathan Bernier in net. Sorry, who was your first defenseman? Uh, Philip Ronick. Ronick, Chalowski, and? Patrick Nemeth. Nemeth, right on. Uh, okay, so we've, and then who is your goalie? Jonathan Bernier. Right. Okay. So same goalie. Um, so this might be my first mistake. Uh, we have the same forwards minus one. You protected. Did you protect Sveshnikov? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I did not. I left Sveshnikov exposed. I'm not sure that, um, you know, he's got a great last name, but I just don't <laughs> think that he's a, a full-time NHL player. I think he's a bit of a tweener. Um, so and, I went, I, I protected Justin Abdelkader instead, um, just because I think that team needs some veteran support, uh, some leadership, someone who remembers what it's like to win. Um, you could probably expose him because he's 33 years old. He's making North of 4 million bucks through 2023. Uh, so he's a bit of a bad contract for, for what he brings statistically, mm -hmm. but I think he's. Uh, a core of that team and the leadership. So I don't I don't think they want to risk losing him, even though I don't think they would. Um, and then on defense, instead of Patrick Nemeth as well, I took Danny DeKaiser. Um, again, sort of the same thing, bit of an anchor. Yeah. Remembers what it's like to win there. Um, he's been a long time Red Wings. So I'm not sure if that's the best pick, but hey, that's who I, who I went with. Am I, am I to lunch on those two? It's fair enough to me. I think uh, <laughs> I went with Svechnikov over Abdelkader just because of the upsides. He may not ever come close to it, but they don't have too much else to protect anyway, so why not swing for that? And Nemeth over DeKaiser, I think I might have just looked at the age and said, oh, I'll go with Nemeth, yeah, who's fair two enough. years younger. That does matter. Um, okay, so Edmonton Oilers. I think... I'm going to go out on a limb here and say McDavid and Dreisaitl are already on the list. Um, I added RNH 
and Athanasiu, as well as Kyler Yamamoto. So I'm looking at uh, seven forwards. Tyler Benson is on the way, so he's got to be protected. So I added him to my list. And then um, I added Jesse Pooley-Arvey as well. I don't think he'll be in Edmonton Oilers by the time this draft rolls around. I think they're going to to trade him and he'll be someone else's problem. But for now, yeah. you, can't, you can't let the second or third overall pick, whatever he was, um, go in an expansion draft after having sat the season pouting in, in Europe. Um, mm. You gotta you gotta recuperate something for that asset. So for now, if he's you know he's on an Edmonton Oiler, so I have to protect him. So that leaves three defensemen available: uh, Nurse, Larson, and Clefbaum. Made that pretty easy. Uh, there's a couple of young guys there that uh, will be tempting to select, but I mean you can't let any of those guys go. And then in net, um, Mike Smith's 38. Uh, he's a UFA this summer. Uh, if he signs back or not, he's still going to be 38 years old. Uh, so I went with uh, Miko Koskinen. Yeah, it looks looks good. I had uh, a lot of similar thoughts. I think the only difference was that you had Tyler Benson, who I am a fan of. I just don't think he's quite there enough yet to warrant a protection slot. And Edmonton had just locked up Zach Cassian, so he was my last selection at forward. I think if he's left exposed, he might end up being a similar kind of role player that Ryan Reeves was for Vegas, and that could be big for an expansion team. So I think he would be somebody that they might be looking at. So I wasn't really willing to leave him open. Yeah, fair enough. Um all right, let's uh, let's keep rolling. Let's talk about the Florida Panthers. I think it's your lead. Okay. This is a tough one because it's tough to see them re-signing both Mike Hoffman and Evgeny Dadanov. So protecting one and leaving the other kind of fills a spot and allows you to move forward with the amount, the number that they probably have to protect. But... I ended up keeping both of them on my list for now, just in case they do end up both re-signing. I think Florida probably has the cap space to make it work if they want to. So they're both protected along with Jonathan Huberdeau, who has a no-movement clause, and Alexander Barkov, who is a no-doubter. My other three forwards were Brett Connolly, Eric Halla, and Frank Vitrano. On defense, I had Aaron Ekblad, Keith Yandel, and Michael Matheson with the no movement clause of Sergei Bobrovsky and Net. All right. So we have different lists here. This is interesting. And I had the same dilemma between Hoffman and Dadanov that they're both UFAs this summer. They're both, you know, 30 31 right wing, making mm-hmm. between four and five and change million dollars. They're very similar. Um, stat line when it comes to the protection list. Um, so I went with Huberto and Barkov off the top. Of course, no no choice with one and no doubt with the other, like you said. I went with Hoffman instead. Um, just a personal preference. I just, maybe mm-hmm. I'm more familiar with them. Uh, I just think that he's got great wheels and a great shot and provides a goal scoring is at a premium and he provides an ample amount of goal scoring. I also went with um, Brett Connolly and Frank Vetrano. And I think we differentiated. I have Nolachari on the list. 
Um, 28-year-old. I think he's a very versatile player. They just signed him as a free agent, and I think they're pretty happy with him. He had that, like, four-goal game. That was pretty special. <laughs> and I had to protect Henrik Borgström. Um, I just think there's too much potential and upside there to to leave him exposed. Uh, leaving me with two defensemen, because Keith Yandel's no-move wraps up one. Uh, Aaron Ekblad, going to hope that he doesn't get a concussion between now and then. And then the other defenseman I went with instead of Mike Matheson was Riley Stillman. Um, I'm just not sure that Florida really loves Mike Matheson at his almost $5 million cap hit. Uh, I'm just not sure he brings enough to the table and that if they lost him in an expansion draft, I think they would say, well, that's too bad, but we're over it. And then, uh, and Bob and, and goals got the no move. So, um, so that's interesting. We had a little bit of uh, variance. It'll be interesting to see if who we pick in expansion, if we pick guys that the other one left exposed um, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, okay, so Los Angeles, moving right along. Uh, let's see. Los Angeles is obviously a team on the rebuild. So with that in mind, I kind of leaned a little bit towards the younger players, and I went with four defensemen on L.A. Uh, yeah. and four forwards instead of seven and three. So the four forwards were obviously on Zay Kopitar, but I left Dustin Brown, Jeff Carter, Alex Alafalo, all exposed. Alafalo is a UFA in 21, so that's why I didn't protect him. And then the 33 and 35 for Carter and Brown. Los Angeles has so many young prospects that they can afford to lose some older guys, and they're bottoming out. So Kopitar, Adrian Kempe, Carl Grundstrom, and Blake Lazat were the four forwards I went with. And the four defense I went with were Drew Doughty is a no-move clause, so he's automatically protected. That leaves me with three more. So Kale Clegg, Sean Walker, and Matt Roy. I think those three guys had really phenomenal seasons for young players, and they are uh, the foundation of the Los Angeles Blue Line going forward. And I left Quick Exposed as well, 34 years old. I just think that he's so competitive that I, I'm just not sure that his body's not only going to be able to hold up by the time this draft rolls around, he'll still be NHL relevant, but like already he's really showing some chinks in the armor. So I left him exposed and protected Cal Peterson. I had some similar thinking with Quick. He's a great goalie, but uh, just doesn't seem to fit with what uh, Seattle would probably be looking for. On forward and defense, though, we differed. I went the route of seven forwards and three defensemen. I had Anze Kopitar is the easy pick first. Dustin Brown, I think I kept for the same reason that you kept Justin Abdelkader with Detroit, just kind of been around the block and knows the team and someone just to kind of be a pillar of strength through the rebuild. I did end up protecting Alex Iafalo because I think they see him as another piece of the future and I don't really see them leaving him open to either leave or sign elsewhere. Uh, Adrian Kempe, Carl Grundstrom, Blake Lazat, and Michael Amadio rounded out the rest of the forwards. And on defense, I had Drew Doughty, Kale Clegg, and Matt Roy. All right. That is interesting. Drew Doughty, Kale Clegg, and Matt. So you left Sean Walker exposed. Yes. And took some extra forwards. Right on. That's cool. All right, so let's do uh, let's do the Minnesota Wild now. And again, I think it's your turn to lead. Okay. So off the bat, there's no movement clauses for Zach Parise and Matt Zuccarello. 
and Kevin Fiel is probably the first obvious pick on forward. Eric Stahl's tempting to protect, but as a UFA in 2021 and living in the area just seems to kind of be stuck there now. I don't think he's going anywhere, even if he did get selected, so we can leave him open. Uh, Ryan Donato, Joel Eriksson, Luke Coonan, and Jordan Greenway were the rest of the forward selections, so three defense two of which are filled up with no movement clauses in Ryan Suter and Jared Spurgeon with Matt Dumba as the last option. Jonas Brodeen and Greg Pattern are both UFAs in 2021, so kind of a little easier to leave them exposed. And then for goalie, there's a couple of uh, early 30s goalies in Devin Dubnik and Alex Delock that I ended up leaving open as I don't think either of them really fit what Seattle might be looking for. So I protected Capo Kakinen and we'll see how that goes. Well, I had the same thought process with the goalie. I protected Capo Kakinen, but we had some differences here and um, I'm not sure. Sh- so let's start with the forwards. I went with uh, seven and three. I'm looking at my risk and I've got, Kevin Fiala selected, and I'm not sure, or sorry, Victor Rask, and I'm not sure why I protected Victor Rask. <laughs> I think that I think that was a mistake. It might have been. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna unselect that and instead make it uh, Luke Cunning. So Parise and Zuccarello for sure. Um, you know, got Alex Galchenyuk on there as well, who should be protected, but he's a UFA right now and. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to test the market and hope for the best. Uh, Mika Koivu's 37 years old. He's a UFA right now as well. His career is kind of winding down. Same with Eric Stahl. Uh, so Kevin Fiala, of course, is my third forward. Ryan Donato, Joel Eriksson, uh, Jordan Greenway, and now Luke Cunnan instead of Victor Rask. Uh, I can't explain why Victor Rask was selected. Uh, so that leaves me with three defensemen, really only two, because Ryan Suter and Spurgeon have the no moves. Uh, Matt Dumba is the obvious choice there, leaving everyone else exposed, and Capo Kakinen is the same same goalie um so that kind of that kind of worked for you that makes sense yeah it makes sense all right let's talk montreal so montreal is interesting because they got a bunch of free agents in 2021 on their list uh mm-hmm. thomas tatar brendan gallagher philip Deneau, joel armia uh arturi luckinen's a an rfa um anyways I don't think it's realistic to think that they're not going to try and extend at least one or two of those guys because that's a lot of players that, and they just don't have enough coming to replenish that. Um, so anyways, I went with uh, seven and three for Montreal as well. Jonathan Drouin uh, and Max Domi were kind of easy ones. Uh, Tom Tatar, a UFA in 2021. I think he just led Montreal in scoring, so I'm pretty sure they're, they're going to find a way to, to keep him there. They seem to like what they have with him. Brendan Gallagher is kind of a, a blood and guts of that team. He's only 27, a UFA in 2021. But again, I just can't see them letting him go unless unless that's what he wants. Um, Philip Deneau, that one might be a bit of a stretch, 27. Um, he's a UFA in 2021 as well. Um, but I selected him basically over Joel Armia, who's also 21 UFA, um, because I wanted to keep some young guys specifically Jesperi Kotkaniemi, a 19-year-old guy. He needs to be protected. 
and uh, and Jake Evans squeezed into my list as well. I think he's got just enough upside. He's only 23 that uh, I wouldn't want to risk losing him for nothing. So that left me with three defensemen, and Shea Weber did not get selected because he signed through 2026 and he's 34 years old and he's making over almost $8 million. And I just think that that's a free, a free pass. I don't see Seattle taking on that cap hit and that contract. Um, and I'm yeah. So I let him be exposed. That allowed me to protect three younger guys and Noah Juleson, Cal Fleury and Victor Mete. And Carey Price has a no move, so that's your decision and goal. What do you got, Alex? I had a similar mess of players to select or to deal with. A couple of different decisions, though. I also had Druin, Tatar, Gallagher, Domi, Deneau, and caught Kaniemi on forward, but I ended up going with Paul Byron instead of Jake Evans. I think is you're the prospect guy, and I'm a bit more of a kind of what have you done for me lately here and now kind of thing with what I lean towards. So that's my theory towards Paul Byron. Maybe sure. it doesn't make as much sense with the contract and the age, but. Uh, yeah, I could see Jake Evans being a selection at that point. Do you have the same 3D? I don't. I had Victor Mete as well, but I ended up going with Ben Chirot and Jeff Petrie. I think Montreal's had enough trouble trying to piece together their defense core for years that they're not letting Jeff Petrie go. So even though he's a 2021 UFA, I have him on my protection list. And then obviously carry price in net right on so sorry you said uh petrie flurry and mete petrie Sherat and mete Sherat and mete interesting yeah yeah no petrie that was a tough one but uh, the contract status kind of leaned me away but the argument yeah. that you made makes a lot of sense um i can see i can see montreal wanting desperately to hold on to him so that that makes sense all right, so did you go with uh, seven and three or four and four with Nashville? Uh, I struggled with this, but I ended up going four and four. I think it's too hard to let Dante Fabro go. You can't really give another team a 21-year-old defenseman who can probably carry top pair minutes maybe as soon as next year and has the ability to move the puck and skates well. Just can't do it, so... In addition to him on defense, I had Ryan Ellis, Roman Yossi with the no movement clause, and Matthias Ekholm. And that leaves only four forwards, which were Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, and Victor Arvidsson. A lot of good depth options available, but I mean, you can only lose one, so you kind of suck it up, lose one, and go from there. Uh, And then in that there was UC Saros was my pick. All right. So we have the identical lists for Nashville. Um, I felt that Kyle Torres is in decline and at 30 years old and $6 million for four more seasons. I think he's a safe player to leave exposed. Um, 
Michael Granlund is a UFA right now. He might be gone before this draft even comes around. Uh, Nick Bonino had a nice season, but he's a UFA in 2021. And then, you know, Yakov Trenin is a player that's got some nice upside, and he looks like he's established himself as an NHL player. That one was hard to leave exposed. And on defense, even beyond Dante Fabro, uh, I really like Alexander Carrier. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think he's an NHL defenseman. He just lacks an opportunity. Um, so, yeah, same lists, but there are some, some tough players to leave exposed there. Sure. Uh, New Jersey Devils. I went seven and three with New Jersey, and they have no one who's uh, who's a forced protection. No uh, no restrictions with no moves or no trade clauses. Um, so I expo uh, protected three defensemen. So the seven forwards. I went with um, Travis Zajac and Kyle Palmieri are UFAs in 2021, and I let them. I but let them both open. And just kind of hope for the best. I think New Jersey's got to think more long term future than what these guys can bring mm-hmm. so i got a lot of young guys protected here miles wood pavel zaka uh joseph anderson nico heischer mike mcclaude yanni kukinen who they picked up from carolina and jesper bratt uh i feel like that's the future in new jersey so i secured all those guys and then on defense um i thought about leaving pk suban open because nine million dollars that's that's a pretty steep cap hit, but he's only signed through 2022, so it's not like the Shea Weber situation. And I think that if they left P.K. Subban available, I wouldn't be surprised if he got picked. Um, the cap hit is really high, but I think Seattle will be able to swallow that no problem. And it's not that long. And having a guy like a flamboyant player like P.K. Subban would just would be <laughs> really, really hard to pass over if you were picking an expansion team and trying to sell hockey to a new market, right? Um, so I think I wouldn't want to lose him. I'd hold on to him. So he's my first defenseman. Uh, will Butcher and Damon Severson are the other two. Um, and then in goal, um, I went with Mackenzie Blackwood. I think he's kind of stole this job as the starting goalie in New Jersey. That's me. What do you got? I'm with you on Blackwood being the starter in New Jersey and kind of hesitating with the P.K. Subban situation. I thought about it as well, but there's not really much else to want to protect on defense anyway. Oh, there's that too, so yeah. He makes sense to be kept there. On yeah. forward, it looks like we just had one difference. I think I kept Kyle Palmieri on my list. Wouldn't surprise me if he's traded next season before he gets to be protected by New Jersey. But uh, I have him kept for now just because he's him and he sure generally the best players there right now. So kind of tough to leave him off. Uh, and I left off Yanni Kukinen, just was the seventh guy on my list otherwise. Right. All right. Take us to the Islanders. The Islanders had a lot more forwards than I expected. I went yeah. with seven of them. Uh, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Jordan Everly, Josh Bailey, John Gabriel Pajot, Anthony Bovillier, and Matthew Barzell. On defense, I had Ryan Pulock, Adam Pelich, and Devin Taze, and then Annette uh, Barlamov. All right. So we have the same formula. But a little bit of discrepancy. I left... Uh, who was the five? Pajot. I left Pajot open. 
And in hindsight, that might be a mistake. And in favor of that, I went young because I like the prospects and I protected Kiefer Bellows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm second guessing that decision, but it's already made. So I'll leave it. And on <laughs> defense, uh, we also both have Devin Taves. Um, but I left Pulak and Pelic open. Um, I'm not sure why. Um, yeah, I guess you can split it anyway. I mean, they're 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 only 25, so they're young and they're restricted free agents, so their rights are secured with the Islanders for a while. Um, so those would be good choices. I went with Boychek and Letty. Um, yeah, Boychek is 36 years old and his contract expires in 2022. They probably go a different direction than that, but for now, I'll just leave it as it is. And uh, Varlamov was is my goalie as well, so we stayed the same there. So. Yeah, and interesting. A lot of discrepancy with the Islanders. Uh, let's talk New York Rangers now, and they have a number of no-move clauses. They got four of them all together. Um, they got three up front, and they got a couple other forwards who I want to protect, so I went with uh, seven and three for the Rangers. So Panarin, Zibanejad, and Kreider all have no moves, so they're all protected. The other four I collect, uh, selected were Bushnevich, Ryan Strom, and then Lies Anderson and Philip Heedle. Um, I feel like those guys are are just too young to give up, and Stroman Bushnevich are too good to give up, and that still left a number of other forwards available. Um, I exposing Brendan Lemieux, Brad Howden, Julian Goche, um, and then only three defensemen. Jacob Truba's no move clause is one. Ryan Lindgren and uh, Anthony D'Angelo. That one was a tough call. Um, but he just had such a strong season. Hopefully he's put all of his off ice issues that haunted him in the past behind him. And he's got uh, a regular position on Broadway. So I stuck with D'Angelo and in net, I let Lundquist go because he's 38 and he's a UFA and 21. And assuming that they signed Georgiev, I made him my goaltending selection. That's what my Rangers selections and the thought process was. Um, what's yours, Alex? I had a very similar list, and just looking at it, the Rangers are in a really good position for the expansion draft because they have a lot of guys who were exempt because they haven't accrued enough seasons. Adam Fox, Vitaly Kravstov, Kako Kapit, or sorry, Kapo Kako, and then their whole roster of defense prospects plus Igor Shesterkin and Net. It's mm-hmm. a loaded pipeline coming up in addition to who they have already. On forwards for the protections, I had six of the seven were the same, but I left uh, Elias Anderson open. I don't know if I've just soured on him a tiny bit or if it was just the fact that he ended up kind of bailing on the team after being sent down. And I guess it's similar to Jesse Puglia, Jesse Puglia, in Edmonton, but... Uh, just kind of uncertain with where he's going to be as of next year. But I left him off my list for now and kept Brendan Lemieux, who I think is a very important player down the lineup for the Rangers. Uh, on defense, we had the same three with Truba, D'Angelo, and Lindgren, and then George Evanette as well. All right, yeah, that was a tough call, that last one. Um, I can see why you went your way, and I, I could see why I went my way. Um, is a tough call. I don't think there's a wrong choice. We'll, we'll see what happens with the draft. Uh, take us to the Senators. The 
Senators are an interesting one. They have a lot of young guys as well, but it seems like their young guys are all ready to be exposed. Uh, on forwards, I kept Colin White, Chris Tierney, Anthony Duclair, Brady Tuchuk, Logan Brown, Nick Paul, and Drake Batherson. And then... Sorry. And then Dreamy. on defense, I had Nikita Zaitsev, Mark Borecki, and Thomas Shabbat with... I kind of flip-flopped between Anders Nilsson and Philip Gustafsson in net. I think I ended up putting down Nilsson, but I'm right now in the moment leaning towards Gustafsson because looking at Nilsson again, he is a UFA in 2021 and generally replaceable. Gustafsson, I think, might make more sense as kind of a future goalie at age 21 to keep. Sure. Um, okay, so I had a pretty similar list. Uh, I went with exposing Bobby Ryan, Ryan Callan, and Marion Gaborik. I think the Senators would be quite pleased to get rid of any of those contracts sooner than later. Um <laughs> So I protected Colin White, Chris Tierney, Declare, Kachuk, Brown, and Batherson. But instead of Nick Paul, I think I think Nick Paul's uh, I don't think he's gonna have a long NHL career. I like him. I, I'm a big fan of his, and he's not developed as much as I thought he would. I thought he had the potential to be a 30 goal scorer, but I've since changed. So I'm gonna go with Vitaly Abramov instead. I'm a huge Abramov fan, so total bias pick there. <laughs> Um, I like the I- yeah I like the idea of Mark Borvietsky. He's uh, he's a UFA right now, and I'm pretty certain the Sens are going to resign him. I could see him being the captain of this team before his career is over. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, I, I don't know if there's enough appeal from an expansion team to select him, so I went ahead and, and left him exposed. Thomas Shabbat, of course, I covered. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev, I think he's their second best defenseman, which isn't saying much. And then I went with Mike Riley. Uh, he's a UFA in 2021, but he's 26 years old. And I think the Sens are going to try and lock him lock him up. Um, but I could easily switch and, and go with Borvieczki there. I also went with Andres Nielsen. I think they've got a, a, an interesting pipeline of goaltenders. Decord, Gustafsson, Hogberg, um, and then they signed a, a kid just recently, Kevin Mandelis. I'm not sure which one of those three is is the best, but I don't think any of them is really ready for the NHL right now. And I think Craig Anderson is a UFA right now. I think his career is kind of over. So I wouldn't be surprised if they said, you know, right off into the sunset, Mr. Anderson. And that's going to, you know, they got to have someone who's got some experience to play in that for them. So I think they're going to sign uh, Anders Nilsson. Uh, so I protected him and left the other three exposed because if you lose one of those, well, I think they're all basically the same sort of currency and you've got three of them and you can only play one goalie at a time in, in both the NHL and the AHL. So I think they can afford to to lose one of those goalies. So that was my thought process with the Sens. Uh, the Flyers have a pair of no moves as well. Kevin Hayes and Claude Giroux. Um, but I went with seven forwards. So starting with those two, uh, Voracek, of course, made the list. Um, in your article, you left Van Riemsdyk out, and he was probably the most attractive player in your um, uh, in your capped series that 
um, that you left available. But I decided to to keep him ex- to keep him covered, even though he's thirty years old. He makes seven million bucks. He's he'd be a first line player on a lot of teams. So I protected him. Travis Konechny, Sean Couturier were pretty easy picks as well as Nolan Nolan Patrick. So that rounded out my top seven forwards, leaving me with only three D, which was tough because. They got some good D's. So Provorov was a was a slam dunk. Um, wasn't too long ago where Ghost Bear would have been a slam dunk on this list too, but he did not make my cut. Um, Robert Haig had a really strong season as well. I think he's going to have a, a good NHL career, but he fell just short in favor of Travis Sanheim and Philip Myers. Um, so there's some really good options here in Philadelphia. And in goal, Carter Hart, of course. Uh, what else are you going to do? Uh, did you go with seven and, and three as well for Philly? I went with seven and three as well with the same goalie and same three defensemen. I think you hit the nail on the head with uh, going through why you were taking them. Makes a lot of sense. On forward, we only had one difference. I continued to leave James Van Riemsdyk off. I think if he was being paid less than $7 million or was younger than 30 or wasn't injury-prone, if he was even one of those things less, then I'd be a lot more interested in him. But just the package of three, it's a little less enticing. Uh, yeah. I ended up keeping Scott Lawton, who may not have the same offensive skills, but all around I think is just as valuable, if not maybe a little bit more. Uh to say at this point but uh i feel like that's what he can grow into anyway right so i think if we look at the the last pick on our forwards being either scott lawton or jvr um it still leaves a couple other really interesting players available i mean you still got uh rubstov who you could protect mm-hmm. as well and i think if i didn't go with jvr i didn't pick scott lawton because he's a ufa in, in 2021 fair enough um, so I went with, with JVR, but if it wasn't JVR, it probably would have been Rubstoff. So th- there's, you know, there's a lot of options there. I don't think any of those are, are not good choices to protect. Mm-hmm. All right. So Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, I forget who leads. So I'll lead, uh, Malcolm and Crosby, no move clause. Even if they didn't, they'd be protected. Um, their defense is not very deep. So I went with seven and three. So uh, with Malkin and Crosby, uh, Jake Gunsel, Jason Zucker, those guys seem pretty pretty safe, obvious choices. I went with Patrick Hornquist as well, and Nick Bugstad. I picked him even though he's a UFA, excuse me, a UFA in twenty one, but um, and he missed the majority of this past season with injuries, and and then the season ended short just before he came back. Um, I still feel like he's one of the best options that they have. And he's only 27, so I feel confident that they'll try and sign him. And then rounding out the forwards is Zach Aston-Reese. Um, defense, Latang, no move clause. He's a slam dunk. And then Jack Johnson and Marcus Patterson. Um, oh, I forgot Justin Schultz. Tricky. Tricky. I don't know. You could talk me in a whole bunch of different directions with Pittsburgh. Let's let's see what Alex did. What would you do, Alex? Uh think first i'd like to hear which goalie you ended up going with right uh okay so i went with matt murray it was matt murray or tristan jerry 
Um, they're both RFAs right now, so they're both going to get signed. Um, and I think kind of no matter what you do with the forwards and defense, you have to leave one of these young goalies exposed. It's very likely that one of these guys is picked by the expansion team. So it almost makes the forwards and defense a moot point if if that's the the end result anyways. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, how'd you how'd you do your skaters? Uh, skaters, I had a couple different forwards. We had the same top four with Malcolm Crosby, Gensel, and Zucker. And then I had Brian Rust, who seems to have hit another gear this year. Uh, I also had Connor Sheary, who kind of seems to fit in well in that top six, or at least has in the past. And Jared McCann, who's kind of uh, an under-the-radar guy that I'm fond of. So kind of figured that Hornfist was a little older, might be able to be snuck through the expansion draft, a uh, little less enticing. Nick Bugstad with the free agent designation and Zach Aston Reese was a tough let uh, to keep exposed, but got to make some cuts somewhere. On defense, Latang, Dumoulin, and Pedersen were my three picks. Uh, Justin Schultz, I don't know if he's going to be back. If he he just didn't seem to kind of hit his stride this season. There was a couple of injuries, I think, as well. Right, and he's a UFA, so and that's he's probably a UFA why. this year, so we don't okay. know what it's going to look like. All right, and then Jack Johnson, I actually feel like they'd be happy if Seattle took him and his contract. He just hasn't really kind of been able to carry the load that I think they were hoping for. In net, though. I ended up going with Tristan Jari, and it's that coin flip, I think, at this point. It wouldn't surprise me if they get fairly similar contracts in the offseason. Matt Murray probably will command a little bit more just because of the experience he has, and two cup rings don't hurt either. But uh, I think Tristan Jari might be the guy that Pittsburgh actually protects. I don't know. I don't think there's really too much reasoning to it. Maybe just a bit of a feeling. I think Matt Murray hasn't been as consistent and a couple of injury issues might uh, make the difference between two otherwise similar goalies in talent and age. But yeah, as you said, as you said, I think uh, the forwards and defense are pretty irrelevant. It's probably going to be like in the last expansion draft, Pittsburgh's losing a goalie. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they uh, if they swing a deal again or if they feel like they made a mistake and they just lose the goalie. Um, okay, so take us into San Jose. Okay, uh, San Jose, I ended up going seven and three, though my seventh forward was a little tough to pick just because their talent fell off a cliff a bit and there wasn't really all that much left. I had Logan Couture, Vander Kane, Timo Meyer, Thomas Hurdle, Milker Carlson, and Kevin LeBanc as the first six, and then went with uh, Marcus Sorensen as the last one. Was looking at uh, Antti Suomela and Jonathan Dallin as other options, but yeah, could be convinced one way or the other. Don't feel too strongly either way. You had to protect seven. Yeah. (laughs) On defense, uh, ended up with Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, and Vlasic. Uh, Carlson and Vlasic both having no movement clauses. And then I went Aaron Dell in net just because I think that 
San Jose might actually be happy if they had Martin Jones's contract taken off their hands. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, our lists are very, very similar. Uh, I went with Jonathan Dolan instead of Marcus Sorensen, but I did the same seven and three combination. And then the exact same three defense. Carlson and Pickles have the no move, and uh, I made Brent Burns the third guy, mainly because no one else really persuaded me to expose anyone else. Um, yep. And then in goal, uh, I protected Martin Jones. Um, in hindsight, that might be a mistake as well. Uh, I, I just, yeah, I just thought he's a better goalie than Aaron Dell. I've just lost a lot of confidence in, in Aaron Dell. Um, yeah. But I don't have confidence in Martin Jones either. So, uh, yeah, losing that contract might not be a bad thing. Hopefully he rebounds and, and gets his uh, gets his game back before the expansion draft rolls around. And that's the way it goes for him. Yeah. Would be uh, nice. Eh? Would be nice to see. Yeah, it'd be good for him. Okay, so for St. Louis, um, I did seven and three. Mm -hmm. uh, Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly, those ones right off the top are pretty easy. Uh, Alexander Steen's a UFA in 21, so I left him open. Uh, Jaden Schwartz and Braden Schren, uh, those two were pretty easy picks as well. Even though Schwartz is a UFA in 2021, I think he's such an important part of the team that he made the list. Uh, David Perron. And then Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo are two players that are the part of the future, so they're protected as well. On the blue line, that left me with three choices. Alex Petrangelo is a UFA right now. I'm just going to work on the assumption that the Blues sign him, and if they do, it'll be for the rest of his career, so they'll protect him. Colton Pareko, uh, he's a key piece as well. And then they just picked up Justin Falk, and he signed through 2027. Uh, so he rounded out my top three, which left a couple defensemen available that I didn't want to do, but I felt like that's what had to happen. And then in goal, Jordan Bennington was a pretty easy pick. Yep. Oh, I'm interested to hear who your defensemen were. Yeah. Uh, forward and goalies, I had the same guys, though forward, there's a bunch of guys I really like with Oscar Sundquist, uh, Sammy Blay, a couple other guys that uh, were tough to leave off. Uh, defense, I too had Alex Petrangelo and Colton Pareko, though I ended up going a uh, different direction with the third guy. I had been done, uh, younger, smaller contract and similar kind of, uh, skill set to Justin Falk. I think, uh, didn't actually look into the handedness, which I know has been a bit of an issue in St. Louis. Cause I think they're heavy on one side, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyways, um, but yeah, I ended up leaving Justin Falk open, uh, just thinking that for what he brings to the table kind of as a second pairing defenseman right now, uh, and without being able to produce aside from uh, kind of being a good power play presence, I figured he wouldn't be the first spot that uh, Seattle would be looking for their pick anyway. Yeah, I don't think St. Louis is going to do anything other than 7-3. and three. When you look at their forwards, with, with Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo being as young and valuable as they are, and yeah. then, you know, he, Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Schwartz, Shen, like, even if one of those guys leaves as a free agent, you still have more than four that you have to protect. And mm -hmm. even if they do keep Pietrangelo, and you, now you've got Pareko and Falk, uh, Jake Wallman, Vince Dunn, so even if you protect four defensemen, you're still going to expose a defenseman that you don't want to. 
So keep all your forwards. Let one of your your D go. It kind of seems like that's the way it's going to go in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's talk Tampa Bay. Um, again, I forget who started, so I'll go. Uh, <laughs> I went seven and three with St. Louis, or sorry, with Tampa, and they've got uh, two players with no moves: Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos. No problem; they're keeping them anyways. Um, Braden Point, of course, makes the list as well. And then it gets a little interesting. Um, then you can kind of make a couple different cases for a couple different players. Mm-hmm. But I went with Palat and Johnson and Alex Kalorn and uh, Yanni Gord, but I think you could easily talk me into Anthony Sorelli instead of a couple of those guys. Um, I didn't spend as much time on Tampa Bay as I should have. <laughs> on defense, Victor Hedman is a no-move and a no-brainer, so he makes the list. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk was a rental. Um, so I went with Cal Foot and Mikhail Sergachev is a no-brainer as well. Um, so there's a couple other options there that you could go with on defense, and then goaltending is a no-brainer as well with Vasilevsky. So Tampa Bay was kind of interesting. Um, they've got a, a couple young players, a couple of good players, and then a couple of obvious, you have to protect these guys. Um, I'm sure you went with seven and three as well. Um, how'd your, how'd your decision-making process look? I did go with seven and three as well. Uh, and my only difference on forward was to take Anthony Sorelli over Yanni Gord. Uh, yeah. he's kind of been on my radar since, or at least for a number of years now, cause my brother actually went to high school with him and funny story. He was apparently one of the, uh, lesser players on their high school team, but, uh, a couple of good breaks and a couple of impressive camps and he just kept climbing up the radar and now he's apparently in the selkie conversation so he's tough to leave unprotected at this point uh, he's a he's a great story eh oh he is he is uh from the memorial cup couple of goals uh to clinch that win and then moving on up from there he just seems to produce and excel in big games as well yeah he was never drafted in the ohl and he was never invited he invited himself to uh ohl training camp and they said uh sure you got your gear throw it on and they're like (laughs) (laughs) and they're like holy crap this kid's uh legit yeah sometimes it just takes a couple good days and to impress the right uh one or two people right all right i'm gonna show you you went with Sorelli over Gord. I can get behind that. Did you have the same 3D? Uh, I forget who your three defense were, but my picks were Victor Hedman, Ryan McDonough, and Mikhail Sergachev. Oh, I think you had uh, Cal Foot, who I feel like might end up uh, being on the exempt list when it's all said and done. But I know Cap Friendly currently has him able to be protected, so I'm not 100% sure how that's uh, going to work. Right. So he is on the, the list that needs to protect. That's why I put him there. Also because Ryan McDonough at 30 and almost 7 million bucks signed for another six years. I thought that might be a contract that eh, if they lost, they could use the cap space. Uh, I can get behind that. Yeah. And of course you went with Vasilevsky too. Yes. All right. So everyone who listened to the show knows I'm a Leaf fan. So I'm going to let you do the Leafs first and then I'll, uh, I'll talk about any differences that we had. Sure. I mean, I grew up in Toronto as well, so ah, giddy up. A uh, little bit of a Leafs fan myself as well, but uh, sure, I'll 
plow ahead here. All right. Uh, John Tavares with the no movement clause is obviously the first forward off, and then there's a just a couple other names after that makes sense to keep with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and William Nylander. Uh, without really the depth on defense to want to keep a strong fourth option, it makes sense to keep seven forwards. So the other three that I went with were Alex Kerfoot, Kasperi Kapanen, and Zach Hyman. Uh, Hyman, I know, is a UFA in 2021, but I think with how he's fit in with the team, I don't think there's much of a way that uh, he doesn't get re-signed. And it's tough to pick him over Andreas Janssen, but I think just the cap hit and kind of what Hyman brings to the team makes him a little bit more valuable. I could see an argument either way, but it's a bit of a tough choice for a team that does have a lot of options up front. On defense, went with the three, Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, and Travis Dermott. And then in that, Frederick Anderson. Yeah. All right. So I went with a seven and three as well. Same three defensemen. Easy choices there, contractually and performance-wise. Frederick Anderson, of course, is no brand, is no competition there. Um, and I had the same forwards too, except I left Zach Hyman off. I agree with you. I think he's a he's a more valuable player to the team than the guy I selected. But because he's a UFA, I just kind of thought, hey, he's probably not likely going to get a six million dollar paycheck on free agent frenzy day. And I think he's got a niche in Toronto, and I think he knows it, and I think Toronto knows it. So I think that they'd be able to expose him in the expansion draft and just say, look, this is where you belong. We're just going to sign you. And that would allow them to keep Andreas uh, Johansson as well, who's who's got a $3.4 million cap hit through 2023, um, which kind of fits in a little bit with what the Leafs are doing, giving big-time money to their big guns. Uh, so that's the only difference that I had. I think they'll be able to keep Hyman as well. Yeah, that does sound like something that Kyle Dubas would manage to pull out is kind of leaving Hyman exposed and sneaking him through anyway and keeping him. Right. So that takes me to Vancouver, and we're getting pretty close to the end of our selection uh, protection process of the expansion draft. So Vancouver was, uh, Vancouver was a weird one. They're a team that's young and on the rebuild. Um, they've got a bunch of defensemen, but I only kept three and exposed a couple. And then there's some wild cards in with goaltending too. Um, so Louis Erickson, I think they're going to expose him. Call me crazy, but I, <laughs> he did not make my list. Um, but obviously Pedersen, Besser and Horvat at the top of the list for the forwards. So there's three. And then the other four I went with, and this is where it gets really interesting. Um, but I went JT Miller. They gave up a lot to get him, and he's got uh, a decent contract for a couple of years. I think they're going to try and keep him. Uh, Jake Vertanen, shortly after his draft, things weren't looking very good, but I think he's re uh, rediscovered what type of player he is. He's reinvented his game, and I think there's a role for him on the team. And I think they like the upside of Adam Gaudet and Cole Lind a little bit too much to leave them exposed. And they are a team that's building towards the future. So that would allow them to feel a little bit more comfortable leading guys like Tyler Toffoli, who's a UFA right now, who's probably going to hit the market anyways, or Tanner Pearson, who's a UFA in 2021, or Michael Furland, who's 
concussed so badly, um, and so on and so forth. So that was the underlining decisions for my selections at forward. The defense wasn't any easier. You've got Alex Edler, who's a UFA in 2021, so and 33 years old. So lifetime Canuck, I'm sure they want to have him back if he's got any tread left on the tire. Um, but I think they could re-sign him as a free agent at less than $6 million than what they're paying him now. Uh, a lot of Canucks fans weren't very happy with the Tyler Myers signing when it happened at the draft. Um, but I think the Canucks are still behind that. So he made my list. Um, and then you've got Chris Tanev, Troy Stetcher, Oli Ulevi. Um, all those guys, I think, would be considered worthy of selection and protection. But I can only pick two. So I went with Troy Stetcher, and then I went with their first-round pick, Ole Ulevi. I don't think he's going to have you know franchise defenseman upside, and, and the Canucks fans might have been a little cheesed about who Vancouver passed up in the draft to pick him <laughs> around fifth overall when they did. I think, you know, kind of like Jake Vertanen, you know, kind of change your expectations. He's going to redefine what his role is. It's not a franchise first-line defenseman. They have Quinn Hughes. Um, but I think Ole Ulevi can play a lot of minutes and a very versatile. He's not a liability either way. Um, so I think there's still a pretty bright future for him with the organization. And they're lucky that they have guys like Quinn Hughes and Mikey DiPietro um, that they don't have to protect that aren't exposed. Um, and then in goal, uh, Markstrom's a UFA right now. So if he signs, that kind of changes things. But he's 30. Uh, even if he does sign, I still think they protect Thatcher Demko for the long term. Yeah, it makes sense. There's uh, some good thoughts there. There's definitely a lot uh, to sit through with Vancouver, mm-hmm. uh, kind of at every position, really. Yeah. Uh, in saying that, though, our picks were fairly similar. On I, too, went with the 7-3-1. Uh, also had Thatcher, Demko, and Nett. I think if you're going to have Markstrom and Demko both available, then... I guess you keep the guy who's a little younger. Uh, Markstrom took a little while to come into his own, but he's done very well recently. So if you wanted to keep him as the more proven uh, goalie, then I wouldn't bat an eye at it. But uh, Thatcher Demko's checked off on my list anyway for now. On defense, I had Tyler Myers, Chris Tanev, and Ole Levy. Uh, similar thinking, just ended up going with Tanev over Stetcher. I guess personal preference there. Uh, and on forward, Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, JT Miller, and Elias Pettersson are a pretty obvious top four in my view. I ended up protecting Tyler Toffoli because I think he fit in well in the short time that uh, we saw him in Vancouver. Uh, so I think he ends up on their list, and I had Tanner Pearson and Adam Gaudet as well. Uh, really tough to leave Jake Vertanen off, and ask me tomorrow, I might flip him on for maybe Tanner Pearson or somebody else. Tough to say, but uh, right now he's the one that's got the short end of the stick. Yeah, I mean, let's let's say Vancouver signs Jacob Markstrom for four years at $4 million or something to that effect, right? Like a a really attractive contract. 
even though he's 30, it's not too long and it's not too much. And he's established himself as a legitimate starting NHL goalie. You've got either Markstrom or Demko to protect, and either one of them would be attractive to select in the expansion draft. If you go with seven and three, if they don't make any changes, you're going to expose either, let's say, Stetcher or Tanev. Either one of those guys would be attractive. And then you've got some forward options that if they re-sign Toffoli, you've got Toffoli, you've got Tanner Pearson, um, you got Jake Furtanen. You can't protect all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vancouver's going to lose a, a good player. But lucky for them, they've got a pretty deep pipeline as well. And uh, I think they'll be able to ab- absorb the loss. And I think it'll be Seattle's gain, and I think Vancouver will be able to absorb the loss more than some other teams would. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that happens and if Vancouver does any maneuvering in the meantime to try and mitigate their losses. Uh, all right, so two more teams to go. You start us off with Washington, and then I'll wrap it up with uh, Winnipeg. All right, sounds good. On Washington, we have one no-movement clause for Nick Backstrom, and he ends up being the first of my seven forwards that I went with. Uh, in addition to him, there was Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, TJ Oshie, Tom Wilson, Lars Eller, and Jacob Verana. Uh, and then on defense, with the three selections, there's John Carlson, Dmitry Orlov, and Michael Kempney. I think between Kempney, Gudes, Jensen, maybe even Brendan Dillon, if they wanted to keep him, I could see an argument either way, but I think uh, Kempney just has a little bit more upside and the puck moving uh, asset to his game is a little bit more appealing than the kind of size and grit from the other three. And then in net, I went with Elias Samsonov. Yeah, okay, so Holby's a UFA right now, and he's 30 years old, so whether or not Washington is able to re-sign him, and I think they can, it'll be very interesting what happens. In, even if they do re-sign him, I would still protect Samsonov. I think he's got the longer upside. We got the same three defense, Carlson, Orlov, and Kempney, and pretty much the exact same train of thought there. Uh, the only difference we had on forwards and Again, I'm trying to figure out why I left Jacob Verana off in favor of Garnet Hathaway. Um, I'm struggling to come up with a legitimate reason. But otherwise, we had the exact same list with Washington. Um, yeah, so I might... It's too late now. I've already submitted my picks, but I regret that one immediately. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think that one might be uh, one I might <laughs> call you out on. Fair enough. Uh, okay, so Winnipeg Jets uh, for the final team. And here's a team I went 7-3 and three with again. And they've got some uh, they got some depth throughout their roster too. So no movement clause with Blake Wheeler. There's one. Patrick Laine is a slam dunk. There's two. So is Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley. So there's four forwards. Um, but they had a couple other guys who I felt you yeah, had to protect to force the 7-3, and three, and that's Nick Ehlers, uh, Jack Roslovic, and I threw 32-year-old Brian Little in the mix, too. They got some other guys on the roster that you could talk me out of Brian Little and into, but for now, he's on the list. And on defense, I went with three. Um, Dustin Bufflin being off the team makes this a little bit easier. So Josh Morrissey, of course, is number one. Uh, Neil Pionk was my second. And third, I went Tucker Pullman. And I could have gone in three different directions or four different directions here, but uh, Tucker Pullman got the job. 
And in net, this was an easy choice, Connor Hallebuck. So seven, three and one for me. Did you do that as well? Uh, yes, I also went uh, seven, three and one. Uh, similar set of picks. I had Adam Lowry instead of Brian Little. I think Winnipeg spent two of the last three trade deadlines for spending their first round picks to replace Brian Little as their second line center. So I figure he's replaceable for Seattle as well. And uh, kind of kept Adam Lowry, who's done a good job anchoring the third line and taking a lot of the defensive zone faceoffs. Uh, on defense, went with Josh Morrissey, Neil Pionk, and my third pick was Dylan DeMello. But uh, yeah, between Sammy Niku, Tucker Poolman, tough choice. Right? Yeah, a couple of different ways you could go there. And you took Hellebuck and goal too, for sure. Yes. All right. That's our lists. Not uh, not too bad. A lot of fun making them. And now the real fun begins. So hopefully everyone who's listening is, is still going as we're coming up on an hour and a half already on this podcast. Uh, but that's what it is. Uh, so why don't, how do you want to, how should we do this? Do you want to go through the, the entire selection, each person, or do you want to do it one for one like we did with the protection? I feel um, like we sh- should do it one for one. I think that makes more sense. Kind of a little bit more able to, discuss why we were what we were thinking for each player and each team right on okay so let's do that uh you went first with uh your announcement of protection so i'll go first with my announcement of picks so from the anaheim ducks uh some of the players you left open that i really was attracted to were isaac lundstrom uh, Johan larson mahura Guli, but i went with max jones and this one was a bit of a, a personal favorite pick. I like him. I saw him play a little bit when he wrapped up his junior in Kingston with their playoff run. Um, he's a gritty, agitating kind of player, um, but he's got tremendous wheels. The kid's a burner, and he's deadly shorthanded, and uh, I think he can he can be a very versatile player. I'm not sure if he'd be able to play too high up on your roster, but you can play him... When you're shorthanded, you can play him on the power play and put him in front of the net. He can draw you a lot of penalties, and he plays an aggressive, greedy game, and he's one of those um, potential Brad Marchand, Brendan Gallagher type of players, and um, I think every team really needs to have one of those. Uh, So I picked him. I think it's a solid selection, and I can't fault the logic at all. I think he would be a good get for a new team like Seattle would be able to play a good role and kind of fill in a lot of needs for them and help them out as a team that probably won't have a lot of upside off the bat. So they'll have to win a lot of kind of gritty and speed games and pop a couple shorthanded goals just to try and settle the difference. I ended up going, uh, debating between Sam Steele and Danton Heinen and ended up going with Sam Steele just because upside I find is a little, or at least I think is a little harder to find in the expansion draft process. Uh, Not too much more to it than that. Just seemed like the biggest upside guy left on the board, especially after you protected uh, for defense with Jacob Larson as well. Yep. All right. Uh, I had a hard time finding anyone to pick on Arizona. Who'd you, who'd you find? I ended up going with uh, Antiranta. I think the 
teams that don't have much to offer you for skater wise, you kind of have to look twice at their goalie options. Uh, if he doesn't want to end up going to Seattle as one of their goalies, then I think there's a few others in the draft that you can make up with it. But if he does end up signing with you as your selection, then he makes sense as a guy that can kind of anchor down 40, 45 starts in a year, and you know you're going to get some solid goaltending from him. All right, I passed on Ranta because he's a uh, he's a free agent. And I'm not sure if you know if they select him, if they'd be able to sign him or not. I think some some other teams that might have a hole in goal that are potentially looking to be a little bit more competitive might be able to lure him away. Um, so I went with a skater, and I went with Christian Fisher. Um, he's someone who I would probably predict would would start the season in the AHL uh, with my AHL affiliate, providing them some some competition. Um, but I had to pick someone, so that's who it was. Uh, so Boston Bruins. Uh, let's see. Uh, I picked Nick Ritchie with a bullet. Uh, saw a lot of him play with the Peterborough Peets, and he's a first-round pick. He was someone who I was hoping the Leafs were going to pick, but they didn't. I think they went with Tyler Biggs instead or something like that. Anyways, oh. yeah, that worked out great, eh? Um, <laughs> there's many layers of that scenario that didn't work out um i i think he's got potential to play uh a top six winger position um he's big he's physical he's rambunctious he can drop the mitts and chuck the knucks uh, and he's got a wicked shot and he can he's got a great release uh, in stride as well so i i like nick ritchie here um he was the best best option available for me some other guys like grizzlick lozon uh, maybe Anders Bjork. They're all nice, but I just think Nick Ritchie's got both the pedigree and the upside to, to trump any of those guys. That's a solid argument for him, and seems like he's definitely a favorite of yours. Um, for my Boston pick, I ended up uh, steering away from the forwards, though Andre Case uh, as an RFA in 2021 was tempting. I ended up looking at... Uh, Matt Grizzlick as someone that made the most sense. I know Vegas ended up looking in and selecting basically as many defensemen as they could. And I could see Seattle doing something similar to try and kind of take care of that market shortcoming. Uh, so Matt Grizzlick with the ability to play a good 200 foot game kind of made sense as the pick here for me. Right on, right on. Not a bad pick. Who'd you take from the Sabres? Sabres, I ended up going with another defenseman in Colin Miller. Uh, this one was a little bit uh, because of, well, he fit in with the expansion team in Vegas and kind of had some success there in their first season. So he would make sense to kind of help anchor a defense core in Seattle as well. I like that philosophy. You know, he's been through the process before and he can share some best practices with uh, with the Seattle team. That's an interesting pick. Uh, I like it. I went with a forward here and I went with big Tage Thompson. Um, spent most of the year injured and in the minors, but I think he's an NHL player once he's matured. He's only 22. Uh, I like, uh, as you can tell, a lot of the players that I'm going to pick are going to be on the prospect side. Um, 
So he might not make my team right away. Uh, if he does, it'll be in a bottom six role, but he's got great size uh, that allows him to be effective in a bottom six role. And he's got a howitzer of a shot that would make him a power play option. And um, and he's got the ability to move up your lineup in the future. So I went with Tage Thompson from the Buffalo Sabres. And moving on to Calgary, I think we're both going to have similar picks here. Uh, it's really hard to pass up on whoever they leave exposed on their blue line. And from, I think, both our lists, it was Yusuf Valamaki. So I went with him there. Uh, I was the same for the same reasoning. And yeah, kind of goes through all we discussed earlier when we went through them the first time not right. too much else to it can't pass on him right yeah um, all right carolina carolina i ended up uh if you're leaving dougie hamilton and exposed and he'll sign with me then excellent but as a ufa i can't really guarantee it uh so i ended up going with uh Sorry, I lost it. I forget if it was Shea or Martinuk. I think it was Martinuk I ended up going with. All right, see, fair enough. And that's why I exposed Hamilton, because he's a free agent, and there's a good chance that Seattle will pass on him, and then that allowed me to protect Jake Bean, who you did not. And I selected Jake Bean. I think he's got uh, top-pairing upside. Uh, very, very happy to be able to select this kid. I think he's got a really bright future, and I'd be super happy for it to be with my team. On uh, Chicago, uh, okay, yeah, we had a, a couple players here available. Um, Brandon Saad, Dylan Sakura up forward. You got Cuckoo and Carlson on defense. Those are all guys that I looked at, but for one reason or another, I passed on all of them, and uh, I went young again. You left Nylander available, so I went ahead and picked Alex Nylander. Um, he's got a great pedigree, and I was kind of giving up on him a little bit until he changed teams last season and ended up in Chicago. Chicago gave him another chance, and he kind of rediscovered himself a little bit. Um, so I, again, have faith in Nylander, and I think he's someone who can play in a top-six role on an expansion team and put up some goals. So I went Nylander. I like it. I think on my end, I just, I can't really get myself to believe in him. He did put up some good numbers in the first half of the season, but he ended up, uh, if I remember correctly, coming back down a little bit in the second half. Uh, so I guess if we'd been doing this after the first half of the season, I might've had some, different selections and he might have been protected initially but uh alas that's not the case my selection from chicago was slater cuckoo i think going back to the defenseman well and just makes a lot of sense he put up some good minutes with chicago and was doing very well with them at the end of the season and i think he just makes sense to have as a good depth defenseman which you can't really have too many of. Yeah, no, he's a good choice. Uh, who did you take from Colorado? Colorado uh, didn't have to think too hard on it. It was Andre Burakovsky and just seemed like the best option, most upside, somebody who can actually play in as a top six player, which uh, might be tough for Seattle to find. 
Yeah, no, that's a that's a pretty outstanding selection. Um, I maybe regret leaving him available. Um, for me, I was pretty quick to make my selection from uh, your list on Colorado as well, which is a testament to the depth of their roster. And I really like Tyson Jost. Um, I kind of fell in love with him playing for Canada at the World Juniors. I thought he was really impressive. Uh, I've been a little bit disappointed with his pro career so far. Um, but because he's only 22 years old, I still think that there's there's a lot of upside on this player, and I think he can be a really good second-line center in the NHL. So I went Tyson Jost from Colorado. And some other players I was maybe thinking of, Kamenev, Zadorov was, was a little bit difficult to pass up. A, a big mobile defenseman that can hit like that would be really nice to have on any team. Um, so moving on. Columbus, um, kind of had a hard time finding someone from uh, Columbus to pick. I think um, who did I end up taking? Yeah, I went with defenseman here, um, Gabriel Carlson, twenty-three years old. Uh, I think he's a first-round pick, so there's a lot of upside on on that file. Uh, I like. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to play in the NHL in the expansion team necessarily. So he's someone who's got a little bit more time he can, he can develop, but he's got to do that pretty quick because he's already 23. So by the time Seattle comes around, he'll be 25. So he should be really pushing hard for an NHL job or be in the NHL by that point. Um, as we get closer to the expansion draft, that'll be a lot more in perspective. So I might change my pick by then, or this might be a, Oh my God, <laughs> you wouldn't have left him available then if you knew what you know now. Uh, so Gabriel Carlson is my pick for Columbus. That's fair. It'll be interesting to look back on this another year and a bit when they're getting back to the picks and see how far off we were. Yeah, for sure. Um, my pick, I also went with a defenseman. I looked at David Savard, uh, but similar to the Hamilton situation in Carolina, wasn't able to guarantee that he'd be on the Ross on the Seattle roster since he's a UFA in 2021. So I ended up, uh, going with Vladislav Gavrikov, who was a little underheralded, I think, in his first season, but uh, showed well from what I'd at least heard. Uh, didn't get much of a chance to see him, but uh, yeah, I heard some good things about him. So I think he'd make a solid pick. Right on. Uh, let's talk Dallas Stars players. Okay. I... It's tough to go with Steven Johns because you don't know what you're going to get with that uh, concussion and with the UFA situation in 2021. But I think uh, with that situation, if you were able to offer up a contract with some term, he'd be willing to jump on it and he'd be a wonderful addition to a top four defense slot there. Yeah. Again, um, a lot of, a lot of time between now and when this actual expansion draft is going to take place. And let's say that he doesn't have another concussion between now and then. He plays the entire season in between, very healthy and very productive and very effective. Then he might not be available on, on the expansion list. But for now, it's an unknown. And for that reason, we left him exposed. And you're going to roll the dice and pick him. I think that's a, that's a boomer bust pick. And he'll either will or won't be available for the expansion draft based on how he does health wise between now and then. 
Um, it was a little bit of a red flag for me, so I kind of steered away from it, and I went with um, another young player, 24-year-old Jason Dixkin. Um, I decided to go with, with him instead. Had to pick someone, and I didn't really feel like there was a really better option there, so I went with him. Sorry yeah. for the sorry for the letter Kenny joke. Um, <laughs> moving on to Detroit, um, like you said when we were doing our protection list, there's there's not a lot of depth in Detroit. Um, so because of that, uh, I looked in goal and I didn't see anything there, and so I went with a young player, and one of the young players that was available was uh giovanni smith he's had some looks in the nhl um and he's a big rambunctious if he doesn't if he's not able to bring offense to the nhl he's at least um pretty quick and pretty tough pretty hard hitting uh so he's got something that he can maybe bring to the nhl level if not then the ahl level so i went with giovanni smith Makes some sense. I could see him or uh, Dimitro Timoshev, who plays a similar game uh, and actually showed pretty well with the Leafs in uh, early in the season before he got claimed off waivers. I could see either of them making a solid uh, selection for Seattle. But as I had mentioned when I protected Evgeny Svechnikov, I think he makes sense as a bit of an upside swing since there's not too much else and kind of the depth forwards are a little easier to find so he was my pick that's all right i like that um who do you got from edmonton edmonton let's see edmonton we had you left me zach cassian who can be my ryan reeves and i was happy to snap him up on a I guess what would be the last uh, couple of years of his recent contract that he signed. Well, McDavid will be sad to see him go. He protects him pretty <laughs> well on the wing. But uh, I think there's a couple of defensemen here that it comes down to for me. Uh, Ethan Bear and Caleb Jones, a couple of 22-year-olds with, um, with some promising-looking NHL careers. Uh, either one of them would be... Uh, a great pick, but I went with Seth Jones' little brother, Caleb Jones, from the Edmonton Oilers. And that moves us on to the Florida Panthers. Um, I didn't really hesitate to pick Henrik Borgstrom. I think he's, uh, again, then another 22-year-old young player with, with a tremendous amount of potential and upside. Um, I would look at Eric Halla. He's a UFA right now this summer, and, and like you said, with... Um, uh, Colin Miller, he, I think pretty sure he was an expansion draft pick for, for Vegas as well. So I thought really hard about all Eric Halla, but he's 29 and he doesn't have nearly the same sort of upside as Henrik Borgstrom does. So I went Borgstrom here. Makes sense. I guess it's a good thing you didn't uh, decide to pick Eric Halla because he was actually on my protected list. Oh, whoops. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he didn't think too hard on it. Nope. Um, he actually was my selection, though. I did go Eric Halla. He showed well in his full season with Vegas. He had he was their second-line center, put up, I think it was about 55 points. And even at 29, I think he's still got enough, if he stays healthy, to do a similar thing with Seattle on the as their second-line center. All right, Los Angeles Kings. There's some uh, veterans exposed here. Who'd you pick from L.A.? 
LA, I, uh, I decided that, uh, Alex Ayafalo, who you left open, uh, as the 2021 UFA would be the best, uh, selection, but, uh, again, not really sure I could realistically be expected to sign him. Uh, so I went with Trevor Moore who showed very well with the Leafs and was part of, uh, part of a recent trade over from there. Uh, I think they were sorry to see him go, but he would be able to fit in up or down the lineup, whatever Seattle ends up needing. All right. So I'm picking a lot of young players and no doubt their contract is going to be very low and Seattle's going to have to hit the cap floor. So I decided to spend a little money and go with one of Los Angeles exposed veterans. And I picked Jeff Carter. Uh, been a fan of Carter his whole career. He's a UFA in 2022. He's versatile. He can play center or wing. And uh, what I might end up doing with him is kind of have him be a veteran presence on the team. And then come trade deadline, I might look to dangle him as a rental player where I can try and, if I'm not going to make the playoffs, you know, get a, a return on on my investment with Jeff Carter and, and get another draft pick or some futures for him, hopefully as a rental. Uh, so why went Jeff Carter from LA? I like it. Yeah. Uh, that takes us about to the halfway point here. We're at Minnesota. Who did I pick from the wild? Yeah. The wild's another team. I had a really hard time trying to find someone worth picking. Um, so I went with um, Marcus Felino. Um, just cause I had to pick someone and <laughs> <laughs> again, you know, he's 28. So a bit of veteran presence there. And I think this would give him an opportunity to extend his career, which, uh, which could really be a motivating thing for him. Yeah. I, I know he's a bit of a fan favorite in Minnesota. So I think it, he makes, uh, some good sense as a pick there. I think you had gone back and forth and changed out your Kunin selection. Uh, so let me just figure out who I ended up going with from Minnesota. With that being the case, I decided I had a lot of roster pieces and picked Dmitry Sokolov, who can probably go straight to my AHL team, but... Showed some good scoring ability in the minor leagues coming up, and I like the upside on him, and that's probably what Seattle's going to be missing the most is people who can actually put the puck in the net. So, Right on. He's a sniper. Uh, okay, so you're up for Montreal. Okay. Montreal, I ended up uh, debating between a couple wingers that you left open in Joel Armia and Arturi Lekkonen and went with Lekkonen just because he's an RFA instead of a UFA and he's somebody that with Montreal has kind of played down the lineup but uh, looks like somebody that if he was given the opportunity might be able to show a little bit more offense Uh, not saying he would end up fitting in on a top line or top six with Seattle but has the at least opportunity to show he could. All right. Uh, that's a pretty solid pick. I went with the defenseman on Montreal, though. Uh, you left a couple guys available there. And like you said about Vegas loading up on D, so I went with a D that has some pretty good upside. And I picked up 
Noah Juleson. So we're a little over halfway now, I think, and we've only picked the same player once. <laughs> that's shocking to me. That is. And that's Valamaki. Uh, so just to recap, Anaheim, you took Sam Steele. I took Max Jones. I think you win that one. Uh, Arizona, you went Ranta. I went Fisher. I think that depends on the contract. Um, Boston, you went Greslick. I went Richie. I kind of like the Richie pick. Buffalo, you went Miller. I went Thompson. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, Miller's, yeah, that's, it's unknown. If Miller, if if Thompson pans out, then the way I think he would, then then he should win that. Um, but if he kind of phases a little bit, then Miller's a slam dunk. Uh, so we both got Val Mackey in, in Calgary. In Carolina, you took Jordan Martinuk. I took Jake Bean. Um, I like my deal on that all day long. Uh, <laughs> you went with Cuckoo in Chicago. And I took Alex Nylander. I think those are both total wild cards, and it's kind of a coin toss to whichever one realizes their potential. They're both on their second chances now. Colorado, Burakovsky versus Jost. I think you got the safe money there with Burakovsky. Uh, Columbus, you took Gavrizkov. I took Gabriel Carlson. Uh, for fantasy, I like your pick, but um, if we're doing an NHL expansion draft, I think I'll take Carlson. Dallas, you went Johns. I went Jason Dixkin. If Johns' concussion issues are behind him, you're going to win that one for sure. Uh, Detroit, Svechnikov versus Giovanni Smith. Uh, I don't know who you like there, Svechnikov or Giovanni Smith. I guess uh, Svechnikov because I left Smith open too on mine. Yeah, I think it's uh, something that could be a situation where neither one ends up really making a big impact in the NHL. Right. That kind yeah. of where they both have some potential. I think uh, Smith shows a bit more as somebody who's not really going to score, but can play his way into actually making a difference for a team. Whereas Svechnikov's either going to score or he's not really going to do much in the league. So, Right. It's a four versus... A floor versus ceiling scenario yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. Um, Edmonton, you took Zach Cassian. I got um, Caleb Jones. I think Cassian's found his niche in Edmonton. I'm not sure if he'll be able to be as successful if he finds his way onto another team. Um, but I think Caleb Jones has got some pretty good upside. So that's a tough one, too. Yeah. You went Halla in Florida versus my uh, Henrik Borgstrom. Um, I think that's another floor versus ceiling thing. You know what you have with Halla for sure already. He's an established NHL player. He's not going to get any better or bring you anything that he hasn't already done in his career, but Borgstrom's got some upside. Trevor Moore versus uh, Jeff Carter. Carter is clearly the better player, but I mean, I don't see him playing in the expansion team for more than a year. So hopefully he has you know, some, some, some good hockey in, in between now and the trade deadline in 2022. Uh, Sokolov versus Felino. Uh, Felino is a UFA as well, so I mean, just throw those, both those picks out the window. Lekkonen <laughs> <laughs> versus uh, Noah Juleson. Um, I think those are pretty pretty good picks, comparable as well. Uh, so that takes us up to speed. A nice little quick mid-draft recap. Um, I think maybe you got a slight edge, but I think I maybe have a little bit more players with uh, with potential and upside, so the chance for a for a steal there. Let's see how the rest pans out. Uh, you're up with Nashville. Well, you are the prospect guy, so kind of makes sense. <laughs> there should be a little bit more uh, upside, but maybe not uh, quite the same kind of floor in the first season or two anyway. Right. 
For Nashville, I went with a personal favorite of mine in Colton Sissons. Uh, he hugely impressed me in their cup run back in, uh, I want to say it was 2016. Maybe it was 2017. Uh, but uh, he ended up playing up as the first-line center for a bit when Ryan Johansson went out with an injury and played some solid hockey there. He, he's shown he can play on the defensive end, take important face-offs, and at 26 with a contract that runs through 2026 for under $3 million, I think he's a hugely valuable piece that's going to be tough to pass up. Well, there's a bunch of players on Nashville that you could have looked at as well. Um, yeah, I like uh, Yakov Trenin. I saw him play in Gatineau quite a bit, and the guy's just a tank. And did you <laughs> see the fight that he had this season with, with Chara? I did, I did. That was, he, uh, that was definitely one. Uh, that made me like him even more than I already do. Yeah. Uh, Cal Croc, Nick Benino, those are a couple of guys who I think would be really solid picks for an expansion team. But... Uh, I went with a defenseman here and picked up Alexander Carrier. I think he's an NHL defenseman now. He can be inserted right into the NHL roster at 23 years old. Doesn't have a whole lot of like fantasy or offensive upside, but I think he can play big minutes, and that's what they're going to need. Uh, New Jersey. Mm, where am I with New Jersey? Uh, yeah, so... Not a lot of options on the blue line that really jumped out at me. I don't think Mike Romueller is, um, has got a lot of NHL career in his future. Um, Corey Schneider is someone who I kind of maybe thought about. Um, I certainly thought hard about him and picking him up in a fantasy trade before this season started, um, thinking that he was primed for a rebound. That didn't happen, so thankfully I, I didn't pick him up. Uh, Nathan Bastian is a player I've really liked since his junior days. I think he brings a, a lot to the table. He's a versatile player. But I settled on uh, Yanni Kukinen. Uh, he's just been a prolific scorer at the AHL. And I think Carolina was an asset management trade, getting rid of him in preparation for the expansion draft. And I think, uh, I think uh, Francis is going to be pretty familiar with him, having come from... Kane's organization as well. So Yanni Kukin is my my pick here. Makes some sense. As the prospect guy, I'll probably defer to you on uh, who wins this one. But I ended up going with Dakota Mermis. Uh, similar kind of thought process. Didn't really see one that jumped out right away as the best option. He played some big minutes in the last few games with New Jersey before the season got uh, postponed and seemed to look like he fit in so as somebody maybe with a little bit of untapped upside i figured he made sense with the pick i also looked into Corey schneider a bit and he might be somebody that new jersey might be able to pay seattle an asset to take him but uh for this exercise he got left off the selection anyway yeah i mean he's a ufa in 2022 so it's not a long-term commitment um, but then going through my overall list and looking at some of the other goalies that were available, I was like, nah, I'll, uh, I'll stick with a player that that's got some, some offensive upside and, and stick with Kuk in it. Uh, like your Murmurs pick though, uh, who'd you pick for the Islanders? Islanders, 
you had left a couple guys off with Pajot and Pajot, Pulak, and Pelic. And Ryan Pulak's a favorite of mine, so he was my pick. Unless you had amended your selections to keep him. Nah, it's too late for that now. <laughs> All right, then he's going to be uh, my defense anchor. If you hadn't kept him instead of Boychuk, I think it was, then I probably would have gone with Adam Pelic. Yeah, you know, the Islanders kind of... They got a lot of good players, not a lot of great players, mm-hmm. but they but they don't have a lot of bad players either. And they've got some young players as well that are exposed that I think are that are interesting. Uh, Linus Soderstrom hasn't played in like two years, basically. But before that, he had the same kind of upside as some of the other goalies that we're seeing coming through, like uh, um, uh, Shosturkin and Sorokin and Samsonov. Like people were holding him in in that kind of same sort of prospect upside. Um, but, you know, having missed two years can't be discounted. Uh, Sebastian Ajo, the the other one, the defenseman, he's <laughs> he's pretty tempting. Um, Matt Michael Del Cole is a former early first-round pick, and it's mm-hmm. taken him a long time to come around, but he played pretty much the full season in the NHL. Uh, Josh Hosang could use a fresh start. He's the kind of player that an expansion team might take a swing on. Um, I'm a big Kiefer Bellows fan, so I pick Kiefer Bellows here. Um He's a boomer bust pick. He's going to score 30 goals in the NHL or he's going to score 40 in the AHL. One or the other. Um, yeah. But it's probably the latter. But uh, I'm going to swing for the fences with with Bellows here. Um, that takes us to the Rangers. And a lot of players available here. You protected Brendan Lemieux at the expense of Brett Howden and Elias Anderson and Julian Gauthier. And I can't pass up one of those guys. Um, so I'm going to go with Elias Anderson, uh, the kid that threw his medal away at the World Juniors and then uh, went home and basically threw the Rangers under the bus and said how poorly they treated him. Um, going to hope that he grows up a little bit between then and now uh, and hope that he pans out to be the player that the Rangers thought they were getting when they picked him in the first round. I've never met him. I've never talked to him. I don't know him. So hopefully these are all wild stories that are in his past. Yeah, it's it's an interesting situation, and I'm sure the general managers of both the Rangers and Seattle will have a better sense of what they're doing with these guys than we do. But uh, for now, you left Brennan Lemieux at the expense of protecting Elias Anderson, so I'm selecting Brennan Lemieux. And I think paired with uh, Zach Cassian on a line down the lineup, he they can uh, cause some havoc. They are not going to be fun to play against. Uh, okay, so still we've only picked the same player once so far, and we're on to the Rangers. You're up with the Rangers, bud. Or so we just did the Rangers. Uh, oops, boop, sends, yeah. I'm taking a bit of a flyer here. Uh, similar to your Jeff Carter pick, another guy who's been around the block and a bit of a bigger cap hit, but it expires in the summer of 2022. So not too much risk associated with it. And I'm going Bobby Ryan. I think he, uh, 
he has a great comeback story uh, after going through a rehab process during the season and had an amazing comeback night with the hat trick in, I forget if it was his first or second game back. And I think a fresh start in Seattle would do him well and stick him on a first line with a lot of forward uh, offensive zone heavy deployment and power play one time. And he could end up uh, seeing some offensive highs he hasn't seen in a while. Right on. Uh, I'd get behind that. The same uh, same sort of idea as what I said with uh, with Jeff Carter. That's cool. Um, I don't think the Sens would be sad to see him go either. Uh, when we were doing our protection list, we talked about the Senders' goaltending, and you, I think, originally had Nilsson, and you're going to switch that to Philip Gustafson. So either way, I'm taking a goalie, and either way, the goalie I had targeted, and I, like, I really don't think there's much of a difference between Hogberg, Gustafson, and Decord. I think they all have really similar upside. Um, Gustafson's 21, so that's kind of tempting. Uh, he's maybe got a little bit longer of a, a career ahead of him still, but goalies take a while to develop. So who really knows? But I like what I've seen from Joey Decord. I've been to a few Belleville Senators games this season, and he started uh, two or three of them, and he looks really confident in net. And I haven't really seen anything that I dislike. I've seen a, a bad game from Hogberg and Gustafson over the last couple seasons. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, a goalie of the future and pick Joey Decord. I like it. I hope you know what you're talking about because I own him in uh, a couple of <laughs> fantasy leagues. So, Isn't that great when someone talks about a player that you own in fantasy hockey and they're like, this guy's going to be amazing. <laughs> it makes you feel good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so I think that takes us to the Philadelphia Flyers now. Who was your Islanders pick? Did we skip that? Uh, Islanders pick was Pulak, Pelic, uh, and then whoever the forward's name that starts with P is that you left open. Uh, Pajot. One of those three in that order. Right, Pajot. Then- all right, so I thought we might have skipped you. Pajot it is. Uh, Sorry, Philadelphia Pulak. Flyers. Pulak was the choice, though. Oh, okay. Uh, so the Philadelphia Flyers, um, you left uh, JVR open, and I didn't. And like I said, you got money to hit the floor. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with good old former Maple Leaf and pick up uh, JVR. Um, some other players that I would look at would be German Rubstoff. I looked hard at him. I remember listening to Craig Button at the draft. Um, after the first round, he was talking to a scrum of reporters, and they were talking about German Rubstoff, and he had a lot of really good things to say about him. Uh, Carson Twarnski is another player I think has got some pretty good upside as a prospect. And then you got some defensemen. It was really hard for me to pass on Robert Haig. Um, but... JVR is a top six player right now, and you know an expansion team needs to win some games and sell some tickets, and JVR can score some goals and hopefully get you some wins. So that's who I went with. That makes sense. I had a uh, similar time allotment looking at the defensemen and debating them between Shane Gostas-Bear, Robert Hag, Samuel Morin. There were a few options down there that you could make an argument for, but uh, 
you left Scott Lawton available and I decided to snap him up. I think he's a valuable guy up and down the lineup and just doesn't have the kind of ability to shine with all of the offensive weapons in Philadelphia. So I think there's another possible gear to his game if he got a little bit more of an opportunity. Yeah, hopefully you can sign him because he's a free agent. Um, or maybe Philadelphia will just sign him back. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's make some goaltender picks. Pittsburgh's up. Uh, who do you like from the Penguins? Um, I think it's one of the goalies, and uh, you had Matt Murray protected, so I'm going Tristan Jari. Uh, you had the exact opposite, so I'm doing that. You protected Tristan Jari, so I'm taking Matt Murray. There's there not go. really much else to look at on Pittsburgh, is there? Not particularly, no. All right, so that takes us to San Jose, and San Jose's got some slim pickings too. Um, let's see, who did I think about from San Jose? Not Joe Thornton, Jaden Hobowatch, however you pronounce his last name, uh, Antti Sumela. I gave him a little bit of consideration as well. Um, I, I like Nicholas Maloche as a prospect, but he has just not developed since turning pro, so it's a pass on him too. So that takes me to goaltending, and you left Martin Jones available. Um, Got to spend some money, um, and I don't think he can have uh, too many goalies as you can have too few, and who knows what happens between now and then, and you got to pick someone, so I took Martin Jones. All right. I... Figured I had enough goaltending elsewhere, so I ended up uh, kind of debating between one poor option or another, and I think decided that I had enough defense, so I didn't need to spend a little over $2 million to have Radom Simic sit on my bench, so I went with Anti Suomela. Well, you got to pick someone, right? Yep. <laughs> Whether he plays for the team or not, you got to pick someone. Right. All right, so we got some good choices on St. Louis. Who are you eyeballing there? Um, you left Vince Dunn open, and I had a very tough time not picking him. But mm-hmm. uh, I decided that Oscar Sunkfist ended up fitting my needs a little bit better. And I think he's just another guy that plays well all around the ice, has a bit of an edge, and uh, good age group he's only 25 still an rfa in 2021 so a little bit of good team control ability there as well nice so there's a couple players on um st louis that that i gave some consideration to sunquist sanford and blyce up front i thought would all be very sufficient expansion picks but uh i decided to go d here and I had two choices from what you left me available. Um, you protected Vince Dunn and Petrangelo and, Papri- and Perico. So that left me with um, really two choices, Jake Wallman and Justin Falk. And I decided to go uh, spend some money here as well, $6.5 million through 2027 on a 28-year-old and picked Justin Falk. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then... For Tampa Bay, let's see, where did I go? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has some players available. 
Uh, I like Mitchell Stevens and Boris Kachuk. I gave them a little bit of consideration. Um, always been a Taylor Radish fan. I'm just not sure that he's going to be able to take his game to the NHL level. Yanni Gord, someone you left open that I didn't. And I thought long and hard about that. But um, he's a depth player. And expansion teams already got lots of that. So mm-hmm. I decided to look at the blue line and... Like, Best choice I saw there is uh, is Cal Foot. Uh, I think he's got some pretty good upside to be a top four defenseman in the NHL. So I picked Cal Foot. Makes sense. I mean, you had him on your protected list, so then leaving him open, it makes sense that he was your pick. Yep. Uh, if I was going with a defense, I am a big fan of Eric Chernak. I think he's somebody that can fit in as a top pair defenseman with a puck moving guy and. He can just be your reliable guy all around the ice and bring some physicality as well. Uh, but I end up going with a forward and Anthony Sorelli that you had left unprotected. And he's going to fill in as the defensively responsible part of my top line. That's a great pick. I probably shouldn't have left him available. I regret it already. <laughs> Let's move. Let's put that behind me and move on to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who do you uh, got there? Toronto Maple Leafs. I ended up. Uh, who did I go with from the Leafs? We have Zach Hyman. You left available as well, but uh, assuming he ends up re-signing with the Leafs, I went with Jack Campbell. And whether. Ranta signs with my team or not, uh, not too big a loss because if I have Tristan Jari and Jack Campbell as my goaltending duo, I think I'm pretty happy. Right on. That's an interesting pick. Um, hopefully he uh, he's able to get his career on track and be the, be the player that everyone thought he could be when he was a prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the Leafs, you also left um, no, you didn't leave Jack Hyman available. Jeremy Bracco caught my eye. Uh, I think he's a player that has some NHL upside, uh, either with Toronto or another team. Uh, I looked at defense, and there wasn't much there, assuming Tyson Berry and Cody Cece are not really options because of their contract status. Um, who knows where they'll be? They're, they're, they're both bound to leave Toronto this season, so... It's kind of hard to really realistically look at either of those guys, right? Um, so I went with uh, Andreas Johnson. Um, 25-year-old, under contract for a couple of seasons. Um, put up a fair number of points playing on on the Leafs. I think he can do that on another team as well. And uh, he's a player that can score some goals for us. So I went with uh, Andreas Johansson or Janssen, however he says his name these days. <laughs> I think it's Janssen. There you go. Uh, Yeah. Can't blame you for that. It's a good contract on a good young uh, winger, so he would make a good pick. Yeah. Uh, So let's talk Canucks. Canucks got a lot of players. Um, Looking at what some of my options were, it was pretty easy to pass on Louis Erickson um, and Brandon Sutter. Uh, Tanner Pearson caught my eye. Michael Furland, if he can be healthy. Um, I also like, uh, Cole Lind, um, but there's some options on defense here. 
You've got um, uh, the, you had the choice between Chris Tanev or Stetcher or Yoliavi uh, to protect, and you kept Chris Tanev and left Troy Stetcher available. Um, so I couldn't really pass up on that. I, I, I'm going Troy Stetcher. Makes sense. I think uh, the goaltending is going to be an interesting situation as we, as we discussed earlier. You're either going to have Markstrom or Demko available. And, well, if Markstrom doesn't end up walking this season, there's a lot of balls up in the air there. If Markstrom does end up walking in the offseason and they re-sign Demko as their main guy and end up protecting him, uh, which I think you had protected Demko, so I ended up going with a forward that you had left available which was tanner pearson just generally seemed like the best available guy i'm not as high on troy stetcher and i think uh the puck moving element of his game was covered with some of the other guys i'd picked so ended up going with the forward right on tanner pearson's a pretty good player uh he's he is going to be a ufa um so you'll have to get him signed, but yeah, yeah. So there is that. Uh, Washington Capitals, you're up. Okay, you had left uh, Jacob Verana open, so he would be my pick. Uh, if you did end up selecting uh, to keep Verana over Hathaway, then I probably would have looked at defense with either uh, Radko Gudis or Nick Jensen. Uh, but as it was, uh, Bran is going to be my last top line winner, probably. Right on. That's a pretty good pick either way. Uh, you get a good player. Um, regret leaving Verana open too. That was a, that was a, a whoops. Uh, so let's see. Braden Holpe's cover, sorry, Elias Samsonov was covered. Um, we both protected him and we both left Braden Holpe available. Um, a lot to be determined because he's a UFA right now. So he's going to re-sign. It could be for crazy big money with another team, which uh, would be something. But assuming he signs to play out his uh, contract in Washington and then Washington still protects Samsonov, it'd be hard-pressed to pass on Braden Holpe. Um, so I would uh, I would pick Braden Holpe here. Uh, and provide right. myself with a with a really really legitimate goaltending option. Yeah, Potential solid set of three guys there. Yeah, uh, Holpe, Murray, Jones, and Decord. Uh, a little something for now, a little something for later, and I got yep. some expendable assets I can parlay to a team if they need goaltending help at some point. All right, so that takes us to the last team, Winnipeg Jets. Um, Let's see. I think I went uh, I went defense here because I think we both only protected three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan Bulio, Logan Stanley, Sammy Niku, Tucker Pullman are the guys that you protected in favor, or sorry, left available in favor of DeMello, Pionk, and Morrissey. Um, funny, I protected Tucker Pullman and you protected DeMello, but the guy I ended up picking was not the guy I protected. And I went with Sammy Niku. Um, I like him. I think he's he's a really good offensive defenseman. He's a little bit undersized, uh, but I don't really think that matters anymore. And I think he's uh, I think he's got an NHL 
an NHL future. So I'm going to roll the dice and go with Sammy Nico, even if he takes a little bit more time to get there. Uh, he's my pick. I like it. I like it. Uh, Sammy Niku probably would have been my pick if you had uh, protected DeMello instead of Pullman. But uh, I'm a fan of DeMello's all-around game. And assuming he gets re-signed to some kind of contract that doesn't see him expiring in 2021, then he would be my pick from the Winnipeg Jets. Well, that wraps it up. That's our... That's our expansion draft. Um, as I was picking, I was making a list of my depth chart. My first lines, JVR, Carter, and Andreas Janssen with Nick Ritchie, Tyson Jost, and Alex Nylander on the second line. Then I go Felino, Lies Anderson, and Christian Fisher. Then I got Max Jones, Tage Thompson, and Henrik Borgstrom as my fourth line. And then my expendable or surplus forwards are Giovanni Smith, Kiefer Bellows, Jason Dixkin, and Yanni Kukkonen. I uh, like that. Uh, my blue line is Valimaki and Stetcher, Falk and Bean, uh, Caleb Jones and Alex Carrier. And then my uh, black aces on defense are Noah Juleson, Gabriel Carlson, uh, Cal Foote, and Sammy Niku. And in goal, I've got Holpe, Matt Murray, Jones, and Cord. I think that's a competitive team. I think uh, I think it's competitive enough. We weren't expecting much out of the uh, first year Vegas team, so who really knows, right? Yeah. yeah. So we'll see how it goes out. Um, I I wasn't able to multitask enough and, and do a depth chart for you, so I'm not sure how you would rank your uh, your lines if you've got it all worked out. I uh, have it here. Oh, let's, a, let's hear it. Top line of Burakovsky, Sorelli, and Verana which might end up switching around depending on who ends up getting protected. Uh, second line, I have Lawton, Halla, and Bobby Ryan. Uh, hoping for some bounce backs from Halla and Ryan. Third line of Sunkfist, Sissons, and Moore. And a bottom line of Cassian, Lemieux, and Tanner Pearson, which I would hate to play against with Arturi Lekkanen as my 13th forward. Uh, on defense, have Ryan Pulak, Dylan DeMello as the top two. Uh, rounding out the rest, we have Colin Miller, Gavrikov, Valimaki, Johns, with Gerslik as the seventh. In net, there's Jari, backed up by a Ranta-Campbell combination, depending on how contracts and the rest of the situation panned out and then the rest of uh, the team would end up being or the rest of the roster would end up being Sam Steele, Martinuk, Kuku, Svechnikov, Mermis, Sokolov and Sumela. Well those are two uh, I would say competitive teams. Um, too bad we'll never know which which one is better. <laughs> yeah I might have to figure out a way how to plug that into some kind of prediction model somewhere. But. Uh, EA NHL simulator or something. That's that's the official way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Alex, hopefully you had enough beers to get you through this almost two and a half hour episode of DPR show. I'm not sure if I'm going to split this into two. Probably not. I'll just upload it all as one big Mongo file and people can listen to it in segments if they want. Okay. Um, any surprises in there? Any players that were 
picked or exposed or protected that you're like, wow, I wasn't really expecting that? Uh, I think Pulak, Sorelli, and Verana were the three for me that kind of stood out as the guys that I was jumping on right away if they were exposed. Um, but generally, I think uh, a lot of it just comes down to personal preference between very similarly valued guys that all have some warts. And yeah, it kind of goes to show that there's a lot of different guys that make sense for me that uh, could have fit one way or the other, but uh, you ended up with a much younger team than I did. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Just kind of shows another route that Seattle could go. Yeah. A couple of players that, uh, that I was pretty quick to pick and didn't really think much about it. Uh, Nick Ritchie, Tyson, Joe, Slice, Anderson, and Jake Bean. Um, all guys that I think are just about to come into their own in the NHL. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Valimaki, of course, but I mean, that was just a product of circumstances where it was either him or, or Rasmussen and, you know, six to one, half a dozen to the other. I'll, I'll take either one in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was an interesting, uh, activity. It was certainly a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed doing it as much as I did. Uh, and, and, and all the prep and homework that, uh, that went into this, it was a couple hours of, uh, pouring over, um, cap friendly and going back and forth between that and elite prospects and looking at depth charts and reading some notes and looking at some stats and, you know, trying to decide who I would protect and whatnot. And then, uh, and then it was an epic long episode. So yeah, hopefully you enjoyed it. And, and, and everyone that's, that's listening to this, if you're still with us, thanks very much. I hope you enjoyed it too. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter and please share some, some thoughts. If you have them, you can follow me at DPR underscore show or at Farling, P-H-A-R-L-I-N-G. And then my guest, Alex McLean, who is the uh, capped writer for Dauber Hockey, not Dauber Prospects. Um, you can find him on Twitter. And correct me if I get this wrong, Alex, but it's at Alex D. McLean, M-A-C-L-E-A-N. Correct. Right on. Thanks for uh, for doing this, Alex. It was a it was a hoot, and uh, I need to stop talking for about an hour or two. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on, and almost felt like having a fantasy hockey team to manage again. So that was nice. It was kind of like doing a draft, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Well, hey, this is a fantasy hockey prospect podcast, and this didn't really have anything to do with either, but it was a very fun exercise. And when I put it out there on Twitter, if anyone wants to see this, a lot of people said, yeah, what else have we got to do? So hopefully I I helped fill some quarantine time for everybody today. Yeah. And maybe we'll have to do it again uh, next year when we have a better sense of who's actually going to be available. That would be way more logical and way more entertaining. (laughs) It's like doing a mock draft once you know what the uh, the draft order is. People who do them now, I'm just like, this doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but we do them anyway. Of course, because people like to read them and listen to them. So And they're fun to do. Yeah, you give the people what they want. All right, Alex, thanks very much for doing this. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks.